Thundergrunt. John, Steve, Ron, Ra- Node. Hello. <laughs> I don't know if you're a Ron or a Ronald tonight. Well, Happy New Year, yeah, fellas. And, and oh, all you yeah. listeners out there, our first episode of 2016. How, how long has it been? Like a month? Hasn't quite been. It Maybe it's like been like a been week, a week short. Week yeah, no about three weeks. Right. We're actually getting together sooner than we thought we were. We thought we were going to skip a week after the holidays, but we're going to be right. Technically, this episode is is on schedule. And in fact, it's kind of a it's kind of a great month to be a movie schmovie fan because we're going to have three episodes, not two. We're going to have three episodes this month. We're jamming it right in. You yeah, know. We, we got we got a lot of content. So for this week and then the next two weeks, you're gonna you're gonna we're, we're gonna catch up on a, a big movie that came out at the end of last year in this episode, and then next week we're gonna ha- be talking about our uh, our least favorite films of 2015. Oh, Good Dinosaur! We're gonna talk about Good and Dinosaur. And then the, we've so, already so. talked about Good Dinosaur. <laughs> and then the week after that, we are going to talk about our favorite films of 2015. And then around that time will be when when January winds down, and it'll be time to talk about all the great new films that come out in January and February. Mm. Yeah. But it will be interesting to finally get a chance to talk about new movies again. I feel like it's been it's been a long time since we've yeah talked about something brand new. This is pretty new. It's strange how yeah. it's we're going to talk about Star Wars the Force Awakens. It's strange how a movie that is 2 weeks old at this point, maybe <clears throat> 2 and a half. Yeah. Feels like it's been it feels like so much older than that, I think because of the kind of the kind of uh, time dilation that took place around the release of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like within hours of the first screening, I felt like there was this hype bubble that started building about the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how early you guys saw it. I saw it on on the technically the second day that I it was out. I saw it on out. the second day. Friday? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it on Friday as well. And, I saw but, it Saturday morning. But it's interesting to see how from there, there were you know there's still people that really want to see it yeah. that haven't seen it and don't want to have it spoiled for them. But for other people, it feels like it's been it's been processed by now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. How do you feel? Like, do <clears throat> you saw it pretty early? You saw it pretty early. I, have you seen it a second time? No, I want to. See, I'm surprised I haven't been back to see me, it. Me. What about you, Steve? Have you seen it a second time? I've seen it three times. You've seen it three times? <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been going back because AMC has uh, the special IMAX on Sunday mornings. They're giving out... The special 3D the, glasses? No, no, no. The uh, these special um, posters. Like oh, IMAX wow. series of four posters. No. Mm-hmm. I forget who the artist is, but they're like... I don't know if they're like 11 by 17. I don't know. They're really gorgeous posters. You can Google them. But yeah, so I got... I went on that Saturday, and then I went the following Sunday, and learned about these posters. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I'm going to go again. I'll probably just go when I get these free, cool posters. Yeah. So then I plan on going this Sunday again to get the final poster of the, of the shit. set. Wow. I want to see it again. Yeah. I will say that, I mean, before we get too deep, the repeat viewings has only made it better for me. Really? Yeah. I mean... I think I would enjoy a second viewing in a lot of ways more, too, because we've talked about this, I think, yeah. that when you're really anticipating something, the first time you watch it... There's a certain nervousness, hoping it doesn't suck. Yes. And yeah. I will say that, and I'm not trying to be the guy who, I don't want to offer like a lowered bar as as like a reason why this movie gets a big thumbs up from me, but I do think that just the initial pass of, was it a Star Wars film that, that wasn't shitty? Mm. It made it 
it may, I mean, in a way, that was great. Yeah. And, you know, to, it yeah. was such a bounce back from from the prequels in terms of just stylistically what it was doing. And it's so funny to me that there's been this weird little backlash to what this movie turned out to be versus what a lot of people, I guess, expected or wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. But I'm glad that we're having this discussion when we're having it because we can kind of incorporate some of that reaction stuff that I find so so curious. Because my general feeling was, I said I was in Basque now and nitpick later. Like, my initial thought was I loved it because it felt like what I wanted Star Wars to be. And I don't mean fan service because I felt like it did take some risks and it did some things that weren't totally safe. But it did feel like this movie needed to nestle you back in that world mm-hmm. of like this is what people liked about Star Wars and to kind of kind of make you forget about the prequels to some extent like it Absolutely. really didn't nod to the prequels stylistically it took it back to so many things about the original trilogy i was thinking about you a lot ronald having having just watched all six movies kind of in a quick succession as like a crash course that you were on with your girlfriend who's a lifelong Star Wars fan yeah, yeah. a lot of people are t- are complaining about how much this movie kind of rehashes plot points from specifically a new hope but also other films in the in the original trilogy how did that play to you as someone who was kind of newly getting into all this i mean what it did for me was uh, the prequels seemed so detached from the original <laughs> 3 that it, it it was jarring almost like it was it was jarring they weren't they, they didn't have the same feel they didn't have the same look they didn't have the same like uh spirit and it was very nice you know to go from the the original three into this movie and see some kind of continuity and the feel of it. So that, that was nice. I, I wasn't expecting that. I, I did not. I mean, just because I went to see all the prequels mm-hmm. in the theater, did not see the original three, which is weird. It is strange. But I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of people experienced it that way. I mean, a yeah, lot of people, yeah. even people younger than you, that were like really young when the, <clears throat> when the prequels came out, they mm-hmm. experienced those the way that I experienced... The original trilogy, which is like something that just hits you when you're a kid before you've developed critical faculties yet. Yeah, Um, I think I think what what I took from it was Star Wars is while everybody takes it very seriously, isn't really is it's a heavy movie in the way that like it talks about relationships and dynamics with you know people you love and it's got big themes big but it's themes. delivered in a really almost shallow fast yeah, yeah, entertaining yeah. way like and, the, the goal is to be fun and exciting yeah. and i think that that was something that uh there is no way i could have accepted a heavy heavy movie combined with those visuals i think i would have had a heart attack <laughs> it was delivered in a way that i thought was pretty in- incredible and seeing the original three so close to it made it so much more amazing. It's so weird to me. Like think something that I kept thinking about was when the prequels came out, mm-hmm. like, you know, time passes, technology advances. And like, it, it felt like the prequels were so dated. right? And, well, no, I mean, I, when they no, came I, out, I'm, I, I want to come back to that. I'm point. saying like uh-huh. that they felt so indulgent at the time. Like they were trying to push. Yeah. Like we just prior to starting, we were talking about like all the changes that George Lucas made to the original films, like when they released them digitally, what changes were made and right, right. with this new technology that I feel like was just being wielded like very like loosely and just, just yeah. I don't know, I just keep thinking like indulgent. You know, well, I, feel I mean like Lucas supposedly an ownership was, of it. Yeah. He, he was supposedly waiting till the technology existed to do what he wanted to do. Exactly. But but he was still you're right, like right at the forefront of that. And so the the, the to what Ronald was saying, those movies do look more dated to me now than the original trilogy yeah. does. Like I, I, well, I, I see, I, I see what's old looking about that, but I just think that the stuff, yeah. the digital, like digital effects, age 
much more poorly than than practical effects. Yeah, practical miniatures and yeah, yeah right. that that's something way more visually stimulating. Like a few years later, what was state of the art digital effects, you can see, oh, they've yeah. gotten better at this or that, you know. And I feel like the prequels were a lot of CGI that some of which felt kind of rushed. It didn't really feel, you know. Th- it's what everyone's been saying. It just never really felt like an immersive world. It felt like you felt like an actor was standing on a on a soundstage with a green screen, and they were putting stuff in later. Yeah. And, and I guess what I'm getting at though is that the irony in it is that like that is the oldest part of the storyline is what looks the most dated. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, like te- technologically. And but yeah. then you see this film that we just are talking about, and it seems like coming out of episode six like it goes right into this world you know what i mean i feel like yeah. it doesn't feel as disconnected from the others yeah yeah from the definitely. rest of the series as I the agree. original or as the prequels did when they came out and you know just like the mix of the some really great visual effects and also a lot of very practical physical tangible physically in front of me effects like were just really impressive like you know you don't and a lot they talked a lot about that before the movie came out like showing like featurettes about what they did to build you know, BB-8 and, like, yeah. Unkerplot and just, like, things like that. And it's important to know that because I feel like that's so much attention to detail and, like, appreciation for, I don't know, for, like, what people can react to when they see an actor actually reacting to something or yeah. someone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, kind of what you were just saying, like, not just standing there looking around at a green screen, you know, right. like, which is a lot of what the prequels were. Yeah, and you know that going in. I, I just found myself at different points being reminded of that, not because I was thinking about, like, what I had read about the movie, but just because I was I was noticing the, like, yeah, like, look, that's a guy in a costume, and you can kind of see how they're working that, or, like, you can see how that yeah. creature is built. And it there was a little bit more of that, not quite how they do that, but a little bit more of that kind of movie magic, yeah. which is somehow totally. more effective than when you know they can do anything with... Like, I think a big example of, of what we're talking about, Steve, that in the lightsaber battle is a great oh. example of, of what they got back to. This, the, the, the visceral kind of muscular quality of like well, seeing these characters move and seeing them fight and feeling the, the yeah. blows and feeling the, the, the sweat almost, you know. Whereas in the prequels, everyone's constantly doing flips and yeah, cartwheels just and just whipping around. out lightsabers. Yeah. And it gets to the point in, in within like <clears throat> two movies, you were sort of immune to the sight of Absolutely. not just a couple of lightsabers coming yeah. out, but 20 lightsabers everybody out at the same time. Around. Right. Yeah. And doing and everybody's doing CGI flips. And, and as cool as it was at the time, or as fun as it was to be in the audience at the time and see Yoda in a fight... Yeah. The See way they the way around. they depicted yeah, so Yoda fucking, fighting. It was goofy. When you think about that, that feels like a much sillier version of something that could have been just cool and have this mood to it, you know? Yeah. This movie felt like it was getting away from all of that kind of flash and 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 just using effects for the sake of using effects. I think one of the best uses of a visual effects since we're talking about the lightsabers in something that adds to the whole world of Star Wars mm-hmm. were the close-up shots in in the original trilogy and in the prequels. You never saw the saber that close where you could literally see yeah. what was inside of it yeah. and the crackling inside of it. Like all the close-up shots like when Kylo Ren and Finn are battling or Kylo Ren and Rey, like when they're like crossed. Yes. And you <laughs> see like the vibration of the field around them. Yeah. Like that kind of that kind of detail, visual effects wise, is what is the positive end of the spectrum of visual effects that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, like it took an iconic part of it 
that almost was ruined in the prequels, like you're saying. You kind of just tune them out after a while mm-hmm. to say, okay, well, we don't want to do that. Like, how can we make them more interesting? Let, let's show you inside of a lightsaber. Yeah. And, like, I, those are some of my favorite shots of the new movie was, mm. especially the one with, with Kylo and Rey, when, you know, she's realizing what's, you know, what, what she can do with the Force. And that shot, like, when they're just crossed and you just mm-hmm. see, like, the vibration around yeah. the saber. And, like, it, and, and it's, like, it's, like, kind of rocking their face a little bit you feel the power of it it's amazing it is it's so good like that you feel how like scary it would be to be like close to that and next to that yeah and how how in that fight like let's talk well i guess we're gonna i mean it's funny we're kind of we're doing the thing that i love to do right after a movie to spoil it well no we will we will (laughs) there's certain things if we want to talk about them we have to spoil a little bit and if i were listening to this i would want to hear us comment on a few things that are technically spoilers but within the realm of non-spoiling i just kind of wanted to talk about the things that i've seen uh that are kind of uh funny as far as issues that people have had but i've read so many people complain about ray as a character (laughs) <laughs> seeming to get the upper hand on Kylo Ren. But, B- because he's... Let's get there, Ronald. But I, yeah, I know. I, I think we're on the same side here. But I've seen so many people seem to miss a couple things that are going on there. One of which is, yes, Rey is special. Absolutely. And when she does have this awakening, this use of this power that we see in this film, she isn't uh, someone we've seen before. She's not Anakin when he was a kid. She's not Luke when he was 20 years old. Right. She's a different person with different abilities. We don't know what training she's had. We don't... She's a complete mystery, really. Yeah. We we don't know what she knows that she isn't saying. We don't know what everyone knows about her that they aren't saying. Mm-hmm. There's going to be two more chapters in this story, and I feel like they're trying to save a few surprises <clears throat> for us. So that is one thing. Ray is special. She is different. But the other thing is, Kylo Ren is wounded. Handicapped. Like and and they've he spe- was shot and they've spent the whole <laughs> with, movie though with little clues like they've they set up yeah. the the weapon that he's wounded with is one that we have has been featured Absolutely. in the movie destroyed and 10 we've people seen at what once. it can do yeah. and we've seen that he took a direct hit to his torso and should be dead and instead he's still fighting yeah. and I and 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 he's punching his side to kind of numb the pain which I thought was <sighs> I loved it that's that's like martial arts yeah. thing that's like a weird. Reference to like redirecting pain, you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird, but to know that he so it's like I don't think that takes down his character at all. I've heard people say that he was like not a very powerful villain because of that, but it's like he should be be dead, but instead he managed to kick one person's ass and then hold his own with another while he's bleeding out. And I do like the idea that that she could have ended him in that moment were it not for this other stuff that was going on. Like, that doesn't take down him as a villain at all to me. Because, um, well, let's just say that elsewhere, we'll get a spoiler soon, but elsewhere in the film, he does something that, that definitely puts him in the, <laughs> in the uh, you know, this guy can do awful things category of, yeah. of good villains. Yeah. Um, but as far as that goes, staying in this kind of generally spoiler-free zone, did you, how did you feel about the new characters? How did you feel about the, the additions to the story? And specifically, did you have any problem at all with Adam Driver, which seems to be a real no. sticking point for people? Well, okay, first of all... Have you witnessed this? I mean, or is it just me? No, I, I read like a lot one. of it, yeah. I... I think one thing I thought that he was I, great. <laughs> I really thought, I thought he was. I thought, I thought so too. I thought he was like a scary villain, uh, yeah. unlike one I've quite seen because he seems sort of petulant and childish and yeah, unpredictable. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this isn't. So there's a there's a thing I think that J.J. Abrams was going for, the idea that like, and I didn't feel like this in the prequels. I felt like this with the originals, where no matter where where you stop in this movie, every screen cap you have is like 
art. Yeah. It's very- every piece of every if you stop this thing frame for frame yes. and just lay it out on a blog, yeah. everything looks like a painting. Yeah, yeah very that, visually. It moved. It appealing. made me uncomfortable yeah. at times. But putting putting mm-hmm. people in this world, moving around, right? And then you have somebody that Adam Driver has a very unique look to him. Oh yeah. And and having him being the unstable, really unsure person that he is, and having his like face and voice have such a strong presence with that like magnified yeah. effect. Using his Adam Driverness, you know yeah. what I mean? Like whatever it was that I when I saw the first season of Girls, I loved. Like I was like, "Who's this guy? He's got yeah. this weird vibe to him. <clears throat> like he's simultaneously sort of off-putting and kind of endearing." And and I've always liked him since then. But I know people that are like the opposite, or like, "Oh God, that guy from Girls," you know, and they just Come hate on. him. Yeah, yeah, but I think I he's think such he's, an interesting presence. So good, when I heard he was in this and might be playing the villain. Because there really wasn't much that was confirmed about what was going on in this movie at all until yeah. you're watching it. Yeah. I mean, I was spoiled in the sense that I watched all the trailers. And yeah, I did yeah. read the occasional article that might have had a rumor in it. But I had nothing set Maybe. in stone as to what this story was going to be, how things were going to relate. So I really enjoyed seeing that they seemingly... I mean, again, J.J. Abrams or and whoever else was in charge of the casting really did a great job of selecting actors who I think years from now are going to seem iconic in these roles and who instantly left their mark, in my mind, on Star Wars. This thing that yeah. I've loved since I was a little kid. Absolutely. Instantly, Finn was right up there in my mind. Rey yeah. is one of the coolest characters, and I love that we don't know yet what's up with yeah. her. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, people seem to be complaining about her being kind of overcompetent, and I can see that complaint except for the fact that I think it's important that when they said, we're, we're not just going to have a female lead, we're going to make it so that everyone walks out of the theater going, Man, Ray was awesome. Yeah. And if that means yeah. giving her a little bit more, you know, a little bit really more cool. confidence and a little bit more abilities so that there's just no avoiding that, I'm perfectly fine with that. Like, Me my too. son was walking out of that movie saying Ray was his favorite character. Yeah, and yeah. None of the gender defaulting to, oh, I see myself as this boy, you know. Right. Um, um, and he loved Finn and Poe, too. But I just mean Ray was the character that everyone... I think that they made her that way so that you'd be talking about her. But there's no reason to think that just because she's kind of a combo of Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and she's got all this power. There's no reason to think that she won't be complicated and have you know flaws and all that kind of stuff. But as far yeah. as setting up a character that you want to follow, a, her- a hero that you like to see, it reminded me of the way I felt about um, Katniss Everdeen in uh, Catching Fire. I gotcha. just came out of that movie yeah. going, I like this character. I want to see more. This this movie had a lot of like... So I'm a big fan of the franticness of the the originals. Yeah. Like kind of running and talking and yelling and screaming and judging. And there was none of that in the prequels. It was a lot of like walking through hallways. Yeah. And like deciding, what shall we do now? Let's yeah. send some people to this planet. Right. You're right. It wasn't this, this, this urgent thing. This had a lot of like frantic to it and and that is what made it that's what made the originals fun to me mm-hmm. kind of like uh han and chewy running and screaming and ah you know mm-hmm. what i mean just kind of talking to each other that witty banter really quick sort of back and forth mm-hmm. and it was almost like <clears throat> so so seeing someone i mean i mean I, I, I you gotta credit jj again taking all the things that made the originals so good mm-hmm. and capturing it so well made me it it was almost 
too much. It was a very, it was a very, like, it was a big emotional experience. It was. It was really emotional. I enjoyed seeing it with a big crowd and looking around and seeing families and people from every walk of life and everybody was cheering. And there were moments that were were designed to make you cheer and they worked. And then there were moments that, uh, You've, I think everybody probably found their own little favorite little nuance or little character beat or little little funny moment. And I think a lot of that can be credited to Lawrence Kasdan, too, <clears throat> who as much as Lucas... I mean, you know, he wrote Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and Raiders of the Lost Ark, for that matter. But this guy clearly is responsible for a lot of that tone, that adventure tone with jokes yeah. that really land. I mean, there's some uh, great yeah. funny beats. Like, and instantly in this movie, like when I... I remember... The feeling when I was watching Phantom Menace for the first time, I remember coming in and going, you know, I've read some some middling reviews and I've seen this kid and he doesn't seem very good and Jar Jar seems annoying, but I'm going to go into it and I'm going to give in, you know. Mm-hmm. And within the first couple of minutes, I was like, oh, a couple of Jedi are hanging out. There were, it, I don't remember what it was, but I remember there was a point where I was like, mm, this just isn't, isn't that good. Like, this just isn't Star Wars to me. Force Awakens... Early that early scene between Kylo Ren and Poe, when he's got him prisoner or he's got him kneeling in front of him, and Poe says first thing, yeah, which which one talks first? Who talks first? Which it's like that little joke. I felt like okay, a I could totally feel Lawrence Kasdan's like the way that he can that 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 quip that someone makes in a moment like that that doesn't diffuse the (coughs) the danger of the situation that they're in or seem like someone wrote a wisecracking character. It feels like the kind of bravado. It tells you something about this character, and right. it reminds you of what you love about Han Solo or Indiana Jones or all those people who would be in a threatening moment and find crack some joke. find some way to, you know, crack a joke without breaking character. Kind yeah, of. yeah. There were so many little beats like that, but that was really the first one. And the other thing in that same scene is when Kylo Ren stops the blaster Oof. bolt. And it just and it hovers there in the air. Yeah, and, and the it kind of pans goes around. around. And it past it. And oh. we, we don't just see that, though. We see, and this is so crucial, and this is almost like a Spielberg trick. We see Poe Dameron's shocked expression on his face. <laughs> yeah. Which tells us, he. we know we haven't seen this before. Yes. But he hasn't seen it before either. Yeah. Kylo Ren is something new. He can do some shit that no yeah. one has figured out yet, you know. And I felt like within that just one scene, they laid down the humor. They laid down that kind of visual amazement. And to me, me going... This movie's already showing me things I haven't seen before, like you said, yes. the inside of a lightsaber bolt when you or the blade when it's yeah. up close, or even spending time inside the cockpit of a Tie Fighter, which they haven't done before. Yeah, hanging out in the Millennium Falcon and seeing angles and scenes that we haven't seen before. Yeah. I felt like this was full of little ways that it said, "Here's what you've seen before, but we're taking you." You know, just the fact that one of the leads is a stormtrooper that defects, like that right <gasps> there, is such a cool like. You would have seen that on a list of possible plots and thought they'll never do that after the prequels, which were so locked into that. There's the chosen one and the prophecy and who shall give balance to the force. And this is all about these humans that are moving through this big adventure. And it felt so much more, I don't know, the characters were so much more vivid again after those prequels where you have characters that are very stiff and boring. It was back to what we love about this, this swashbuckling world. I think it was really important to show. So, a, a shitty script, a shitty version of this script, would it, wouldn't have made it how abundantly clear, or, or of a decision it it had to have been for Finn to defect. Mm-hmm. The good version of this script showed it. Like I, I feel like with all the things that were that were happening with the dark side and seeing all the things happen, visually, like understanding, like seeing the the, the shootings and seeing the planet planets 
be destroyed and things like that. Things that we never saw before mm-hmm. in a movie helps you understand why it's it's this guy's duty to kind of do what he did mm-hmm. in the situation. And it doesn't have to be heavy-handed in telling you, like, yeah, it doesn't they have to be... did something bad to him. Right. And, like, it... they, they, they touch on it a little bit, like, when right. you're showing where they where he came from. Right. But it's so quick that it's really it's just... A, it's just to kind of give you a little nibble of, like, some other story they may flesh out yeah. later on. Yeah. But I think, I think everything you're saying is, like, the thing that really gets me is, um, outside of the scenes that I'm sure we'll talk about in a couple minutes, but, like... You kind of were getting to it. I was going to jump on what you were saying before about the... It's like the pacing of it just felt right as, yeah, as yeah. well. I think the fact that, like, you know, you have a script that does balance an adventure with a little bit of, like, lighthearted humor every once in a while. Um, or, or really giving in to what you want in a character at right. times. But then not overdoing that. I feel like it lets the scenes jump around. Like, you're talking about, like, the franticness, like, the running around. Like, oh, kind yeah, of yeah. just how messy a scene looks. Yeah. The scene looking messy is no, that's no mistake. You know what I mean? Like right, that right. allows something to go like right into the next scene. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I, I can't, I mean, I, I'm I'm challenged with thinking of really a transition between scenes that was really cold. Right. You know what I mean? There's a couple, but I mean, I think they, they're like totally intentional. Just There's to a couple go. that require you to just kind of give in to the fun plot yeah, logic I'm, of those the are, thing. Th- those are what I'm requiring. There's coincidences. There's things that... You, but I, I didn't find myself having to get over those things while watching it. At all. But I do find myself in retrospect going, yeah, it didn't bother me. But I hear so many people that those things seem to bother. So yeah. I have to consider like, what is it about that that doesn't bother me? And I think it's down to what what we were saying before about it. these aren't as as big as these movies are as big as the emotions and as operatic as they can be they're not like heavy deep yeah. movies they don't have to th- be that need to be so locked down into what's well, like it doesn't need to explain itself and I often find that when people have those kind of logical complaints about movies like this the nitpicky stuff we, we nitpick a little but yeah. I, don't, I don't think we overdo that I think we go with the flow of a movie. <clears throat> yeah. I think what bothers us is when a movie promises you one thing and then and then doesn't deliver, right? yeah, or right, seems right. like it's trying to do something and it fails. Yeah, uh, which we'll talk about next week yeah. when we do our <laughs> worst movies sense. of the year. But like for a movie like this that's got flaws, but I still love it. Yeah, it yeah. goes into a different category where it's like if I'm nitpicking it, I realize I'm kind of. It's like I'm pretending. And, and the people who make these complaints, it's like they're pretending to not know how movies work or they're pretending to not know how stories or entertainment right. works. Yes, the coincidences are kind of part of this world. I think if you went through all the Star Wars films, you could find lots of examples of oh, totally. characters crossing paths yeah. in this big universe hmm. that seem connected in some strange way. But I thought this movie did a, such a great job of starting with those new characters and giving me those new things. And, and even... I don't know, like meeting some of my expectations, but 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 dashing some other ones. I mean, like there's definitely some things that we catch up with these characters from the old movies. And as much as I love the new characters, I have to say that whenever one of the returning faces popped up, I got this weird, yeah. you know, this weird excitement that was just, yeah. it's rare to see it handled so well. And I was worried like, oh, is Harrison Ford going to show up? Is he going to really act? <laughs> You're right. He was fucking incredible. He was so he was good. Incredible. Maybe one of the best performances he's ever given. Yeah. Tinged with regret throughout, but still oh essentially God. the same guy that we love. But the way that he's like that character has more soul because, and I've heard people complain that they kind of reset a lot of the characters, but I found it really kind of poignant and moving that he's back to his old smuggling ways yeah. in this, yeah, and yeah, that he, he didn't become some like important military leader. Somehow it seems more interesting to me to picture that. So sure. yeah. little things like that were just so well delivered that. Uh, 
And even the callbacks in terms of the plot and the beats that people are saying remind them so much of A New Hope, I saw that as kind of a, a clever thing to do, like not a real liability. Like to me, I can see, like you don't want them to keep repeating these same beats, but I feel like to get us back into this world, they needed a movie that felt that felt familiar in this way. Yeah. And I think that now it's, now it's, you know, Ryan Johnson who's doing episode eight, it's kind of up to him to Absolutely. say, now that this has been reestablished, let's maybe take it in some little pockets that we haven't seen Star Wars do. But I, I don't, I don't know if you've seen this. A lot of people are really overestimating Ryan Johnson and, and, and disparaging J.J. Abrams already. Have yeah. you seen that? I've, people I've saying, oh, I can't wait for a real director to come in. And, Jesus. I don't know if people are really acknowledging the accomplishment that J.J. Abrams pulled off. Like, I think that he's, his whole career career has been leading up to this in Absolutely. a strange way. Yeah. And I saw everything that he does well on display. But a yeah. lot of people have been complaining about the, the quote-unquote fan service or the, the kind of rehash like nature. At the end of that... the day, people will complain about everything. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no foolproof way of yeah. especially reviving something like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I mean, you can't argue. I mean, like, you can actually. You can argue. But there's so much more to enjoy in the movie than there is to yeah. pick apart. I mean, like, there are things about the movie that I could pick apart or things right. like i didn't love per se but overall it was everything i was hoping it would be yeah you know like and seeing it two times in addition like you really do get to watch the movie more as a movie mm-hmm. and not like this juggernaut of like excitement and just like you know you have that like knot in your stomach the whole time you're watching it the first yeah. time like oh what's oh you know you're looking around but watching it a couple more times i'd be curious like what your feedback is after you see it again it's just I do think you are able to enjoy it more only because you're not completely just overwhelmed by yeah. the emotion. Which of like, I was. Yeah, so was I. I mean, it's like you <laughs> no, watch, I, I mean, even I watching on the second and third time, it's like those those parts you're referring to, like, you know, you latch onto for that emotional resonance, they still hit as hard. Ah. And I mean, even though I've seen it and had that first experience, you know, it's just like, and I think that's just like, that's a good movie when, when, it, when it still plays the same mm-hmm. when you've seen it three times in three weeks. Yeah. You know, so it's like, People will complain. Let them complain. I mean, I just feel like a lot of the well, things. Well, but that... oftentimes their complaints, though, skirt past. And this is related to one of my bah humbugs. Skirt past the fact that in their complaining, they're sort of revealing that they don't get it. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Do you I, know I what tot- I mean? I totally agree with you. <laughs> and I'm like, not wh- saying you can't you can't be a true Star Wars fan and not like this movie. But I do feel like if you hate this movie, then I don't know what you wanted from Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think what you just said about how. Episode eight is really the real opportunity to show what other directions these movies can go in. Mm-hmm. The key is this is got that, it back like, on track, right? Exactly. So there's a cycle that came back around, and this time it's on the right track. Mm-hmm. You know, like it picked back up. There's a, there's enough elements. Wow, I just bit my tongue. There's mm-hmm. enough elements in there that let that'll let you align with like what it is that we loved about Star Wars, even though some of the beats are very similar to what happened in A New Hope. But the characters are not. Right. You know, where we see these characters going are not. Right. You know, and that's the difference that I feel like a lot of people that are making those comments aren't acknowledging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can use some of the same narrative points, but the players are not all the same. The environment that they're in is not the same. And, you know, it's similar, but I don't don't believe that it's not going to go someplace completely different. And I think it will. And I'm confident yeah. that it will. And I, I yeah. do think Ryan Johnson's a great choice, and I'm excited to see what he does. No, I think he's a great choice. Yeah. I just don't think that he's oh, you like know I love JJ. such a real I'm, filmmaker compared no, to I, JJ. I, I think Ryan Johnson has the potential. I think that I could say the same thing about him that I said about JJ, which is that his Star Wars movie could be what everything he's been doing has been leading up I don't to. Dis- I agree it's with you. It's such a big playground. You envy- uh, Can you imagine being Ryan Johnson and being given the chance? Because not only is I he can't. writing and directing this one, but he's, I think, doing the story or writing the script... 
for for the next no, one. Yeah. Which I think JJ, did you read that he said he wished like they'd they'd asked? I, I keep hearing conflicting reports about whether he was asked to direct the next one or whether he they were always going to go with a different director. Mm. But I did read somewhere that um, God, who said this? It was a frequent collaborator of JJ Abrams. I want to say it was Greg. Greg Gunberg, Grunberg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who I believe Pilot. cameos yeah, in yeah. this. He's been in everything he's done. Right, right. Everything J.J. Abrams has directed. Who said that? He said that J.J. Abrams has never said this to him before. But he read the script to episode eight and said he wished he was directing it. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did read that. And that yeah. just makes me giddy because I'm Absolutely. thinking like there doesn't seem like there's this competition between the two directors. It seems like there's wanting it to be in the right hands, but. I know that J.J. Abrams, like he said he wouldn't do another one. I wonder why. Like if they, I don't know, I'm curious about that. I have a feeling in a few years there'll be a cool book that talks about the development of this film. I would love to hear about it because it is an interesting development process. And I do think you can see in the film the residue of some of the supposed kind of scripting. There was a lot of rewriting as they went. And there was a lot of editing that happened right before the movie was released that took out sequences that were in the trailers even. Whatever flaws this movie has are not the kind of flaws that deter from your enjoyment of it or that deter from your like (laughs) ability to appreciate it as a spectacle. And I keep coming around to the fact that I may have seen better movies technically more perfect films in the Mm -hmm. last year, but I didn't have an experience at the theater that rivaled this experience at all. And I I keep referring to it as like a big tent. It's It's rare that I'm this into a piece of entertainment that is such a big tent. I think the other ones for me are the Marvel films. Like, I think this... You can see that the Marvel films kind of pave the way for what they're trying to do with Star Wars. Yeah. And I think the main thing that is... You know, people... Say what you will about Disney being like the evil empire itself. I think that... we And we've talked about this... They know that it behooves them to make good products. Yeah. And yeah. I think with Star Wars, they're trying to build something good that they can make money, 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 money off of as right. the years roll by, as opposed to a quick cash-in. And I think that same care is reflected in, you know, hot or cold, but the Marvel movies are trying to do the same thing. Yeah. I think that the experiment of, okay, now there's going to be five more of these, those five five more Star Wars movies is a lot more encouraging now that I've seen one that really that really kind of wet my appetite for, right, for right. more. As opposed to the way I felt before this, as optimistic as I was, I was still going, oh, please, ju- please just don't suck. So. Yeah. Well, I guess now we can probably get into some of the plot points that might be spoilers. So if you haven't seen Force Awakens, I'm going to add in a little time code thing right after this to say what minute you should jump to (laughs) Hmm. but uh, for anyone who has seen it just keep on listening hey folks this is john with your final spoiler warning for star wars the force awakens if you want to avoid the spoilers but keep listening to this episode jump to an hour and 19 minutes and 36 seconds but for now we're about to really get into it so consider yourself warned spoilers begin in three two one Okay, so they fucking killed Han Solo, guys. How do we feel about that? <laughs> I was sad. I was very sad, but I'm I'm very fine with it though. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it serves a huge point in where I feel like they're gonna go with with eight and nine. Yeah. And I and I as saddened as I was, I also like the idea of like seeing Harrison Ford go out. Oh man, he wanted to, he wanted this to happen. Yeah, yeah. He said yes. for years that he wanted this to happen. He asked them to kill him in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And his famous line that I've heard quoted was, "He's got no mama. He's got no papa. He's got no story. Let's kill him and give him some depth." You know, they so kept him alive. I think it really helped because Return of the Jedi had this happily ever after ending that for thirty years has stood as a true happily ever after. Until <laughs> I remember, even Mark Hamill said in an interview that when they were talking to him about doing more, that his only compunction, his only reluctance was 
like, oh, are we gonna are we gonna take away the the happily ever like the best happily ever after? You know, everyone sitting around the fire, laughing with a bunch of Ewoks and celebrating like that really was an awesome yeah the end. You know, and now to say yeah that wasn't the end and things got got worse. You know, um, I, I I had to deal with a little bit of tragedy of just oh things didn't go so well after they after they seemed to defeat the Empire. But I agree with you, Steve. I think that, that whatever other death they could have given Han Solo that you might have thought you would have preferred, the blaze of glory death, the sacrificing yeah. himself to save, to buy some time kind of death, yeah. this was so much, this was like Shakespearean. It was tragic. And it was, it did make me realize, oh, this is why Harrison Ford has been so happy in all the press for this movie, <laughs> because right. he got to, A, come back and be good and do a Really you know, good. And yeah. maybe the best, I don't know, the most... Just the most soulful performance of a, of of his recent career. Oh, absolutely. Maybe and, and maybe gets at all. to gets to play this super dramatic <clears throat> moment that I think people are misinterpreting even within that. I think that like this notion I've heard some people refer to it as Han going out like a bitch. And what? I just I just don't see it that way. No, no. Because and I don't even like it when people say that something happened quote unquote like a bitch. I don't even like that phrasing very much. <laughs> but um there's only maybe one person in the world that you would let your guard down for, and that would be your child. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he tricked him. No. I think Kylo Ren in the moment decides what he's going to do. But I think up until like the shadows changed on his face and he could see it's that the sun was going, going down, down like I, I don't know that Kylo Ren knew what he was going to do in that moment. I don't think he drew him out there to kill him. I think there really was a tug of war going on inside him in that moment. I don't think it was like a trick as much as it was like a defining moment for that character. How how agree. You... I I agree with that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think it was planned, right? Per se, but I do feel like that kind of act was part of what, like, I think Snoke had, yes, knew he had to do, mm-hmm. and it, whether it was that specific thing, you know, because there's a scene earlier where like he, I think when he goes back and he's like the next level or like yeah. the last part of my training or whatever mm-hmm. he says, and I don't think it was that thing, but I think it was that kind of act, yeah. you know, that kind of some some sacrifice. sort of horrific act, yeah. Like right. kind of like, yeah. but I mean, like, there's a, there's a there's a cusp he's right, on, right. and it's like he keeps feeling these things, and like, and I I love that you mentioned like the lighting on his face. Mm-hmm. I love that so much that like literally you just see this, and there's so much going on in the mm-hmm. scene that like even and it's a reminder to you that like the sun going down means more than just this scene right here. Right. It means like there's a bigger fucking problem. Yeah. You know, beyond this character, but this is really important that you pay attention to. Yeah. And when his when when the lighting on his face just switches over and you just see like that switch go off. Clearly his death, right, is an analog to Obi Wan's death in A New Hope. Yeah. I bet even if you did minute count in the movie, it might even be very <laughs> it's maybe a little close. later in the film, yeah. but it's close mm. to like somewhere towards the end of the second act going into the third act is when this death occurs, you know. And but he's like the elder statesman <clears throat> to the new characters, to the young characters. He's the most famous actor in the cast, just like Alec Guinness was the yeah. most famous actor in the cast. He's like the scenes where he's on the Millennium Falcon saying it's all true in The Force Awakens are like timed and spaced in the film about where the scenes where Alec Guinness Everyone, was training yeah. Mark Hamill and telling him about the Force on the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope. So these things are very, very... To me, that doesn't seem like, oh, that's unoriginal. That felt like, oh, that kind of gave me goosebumps yeah. to realize yeah. what they were doing. Because his death, it's not the... I, like, Obi-Wan, you get the sense that he sees that Luke is watching. And he's going to show Luke the lesson that you can win without without being the strongest. Yeah. So he's going to be struck down in front of Luke on purpose, in a Jesus-like fashion almost, yeah. to say, mm. like, 
Han's death isn't like that. But don't you think when he walked out onto that gangplank, he knew it was a lost cause? Yep. He did it because Leia asked him to. I think that key point is so... I don't see that many people writing about it, but she says to him, bring him home. Yeah. And before that, he says it's a lost cause. He doesn't want to. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not saying it's her fault. I'm just saying it adds this other little dimension to it, that one of the reasons he went out there was so that, like... It's almost like, I don't want to go back and and have Leia ask me, did you at least try? Yeah. And I didn't try. But you feel that he's, like... Some part of him knows that this could be it, you know? Yeah. I just found that so... What? what? Like, I, you for someone who has loved that character since I was four like a friend of mine a high school buddy of mine sent me a text the next morning and it said that he's for the first time ever he feels like he's actually mourning a fictional character (laughs) (laughs) what were you about to say Steve? no I was going to ask you just to kind of play off of that scene did it feel weird to you that it wasn't even acknowledged? it felt I did feel like the movie needed to do more to mourn the character or something within the film. Like, there were two things... That was one of, like, two things I kind of had issues with, but that was the one... That, to me, felt like a symptom of what I consider to be the the less-than-ideal scripting and editing yeah, process. Like, that was one of the few marks of that, was that it felt like they... I mean, they needed, like, a funeral scene at the end or something. Something. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, it could yeah. have been, you know, at the A New Hope ends with them getting medals. This could have ended with everybody assembled the same way, but it being a funeral or something, you know? Right. But you can see that they were going for a different ending. Yeah. And I think maybe they were trying to... If, if there's any problem, I, I think the last moment is, a, is an interesting moment because it sets up... Well, now we're spoiling it. So Ray going to see Luke at the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is an interesting moment, and I'm glad we got to see that beat. But really, that was maybe a little too much for the end of this one to take on. I feel like if they had ended on the beat of the morning of Han Solo, it would have felt... It, what we're talking about wouldn't be a problem. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I like I, that moment. I feel, like, like, I feel like the bookend of like something... like the, Not to be stupid, but like The Force Awakens, I yeah. feel like... But don't you ending, think that last moment was drawn out maybe 10 seconds too long? I think so. I, I didn't say it wasn't drawn out. Yeah, I, drawn but out I think ending on that yeah. was stronger for me because I left that theater going, what the hell? Going like, exactly. Like, and also the last image being like, I feel like they should have ended on Mark Hamill's face. Yeah. Not on the weird helicopter shot of her yeah. standing still holding the lightsaber out. I just felt like that moment was drawn out a tiny bit too What long. if they were? I love, I like, but I love that he didn't like take it from her. Yeah. No, I like I that too. I love that. But I, what I love about that <clears throat> is that it's, uh, we're such geeks for this. He could have came to the funeral <laughs> but, though. But, but I love the fact, see here's, yeah. He could have <laughs> appeared at yeah. the funeral and had the same effect. But then that kills the whole map. That, that kills the whole mystery of what he's been doing. You know. That's True. But also, like the yeah, but Luke and Han didn't get to have a moment together, which is something I, yeah, I would have I liked agree. to have yeah, seen. Yeah, um, but we don't know that we won't see some flashback or some reference to something that happened in the intro. Please but, just don't let Han be alive. Still, yeah. no, right? I have a really bad fear that like they're something... gonna have him as like... <laughs> if he comes back. Maybe I'll he be... comes back as a Force ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the so idea weird. that he was a secular guy who's not a Force. He was not a yes. Jedi. He's gonna and the way yeah. he died. He died because he was trying to redeem. He was trying to help his son, and it wasn't something he could do. I mean, it's a little tragic. It's like, but it doesn't. And it kind of, and, and and I like, the, like, just to kind of piggyback what you're saying. I like that he has that line that says, like, that's not how the force works. Or like, yeah. why do you always say that? that's not how the force? Yeah. And like, and him, his death, like, was by no means at the hands of anything with the force. Right. In in, in direct, yeah. you know, context, it was maybe Kylo's battle internally, but yeah. like, he didn't die because of pure force happening like yeah. he literally took his hand and he gave his hand out yeah. you know it's like i think that's a great way like you just said something important which is that like he's the guy that like really has no tie to the force at all he's the he's the nuts and bolts guy of this mm-hmm. gang and i yeah i just love like 
I just love that it had nothing to do with that in the end for him. It was really yeah. like the father son yeah. thing. So he failed the same, and again he failed <laughs> Kylo Ren the same way that Obi Wan failed Anakin yeah. on, a, on a certain level yeah. of just didn't didn't like didn't succeed in putting him on the right path and in getting killed by this person that he failed. The person that he failed is viewing it as like a powering up. Oh, yep. You know, so they both, the both like Darth kills Obi Wan and feels like, all right, I've accomplished something. Yeah. I've done, now I'm the master. Um, yeah. And you know, Kylo Ren, the notion that he's wrestling with the the light side of the Force, it's almost funny. You know, it's almost a joke to say that like he's worried about being pulled to the light side of the Force. But I thought that was a a cool way to demonstrate that. And as far as Han not being a, mourned yeah. sufficiently, um, I think we can expect to see Kylo Ren's character tortured. Like I don't think that's the end of his of him wrestling with his good side, so to speak. Really? I feel like yeah. well, I, I just feel like so killing his father is going to be something that's going to make him even scarier and more like more like of a psychotic mess inside because he's going to have he, we know that he's got some good in him and he's going to have this ability to feel guilty and you know that like the hatred for him I don't know I'm just saying like that's going to complicate things for that character I don't I think they're going to pay off this won't be the last time they mention. His act in in this film. Do you know what I mean? Right, like right, it would be right, strange. Right, yeah. I'll tell you what was really lacking at the end of the film, though, is I feel like Leia and Chewie should have hugged. Like I don't know why she hugs Ray, <laughs> and we can believe that she knows something yeah, about Ray. That, yeah. But but the, at the end, if if they had just had a nice moment of Leia and Chewie hugging, you would have felt that moment it's of a silent being moment. sad. Like, yeah. not, again, that you need. There's like a there's like a quick beat where like you see her look at who's getting off mm -hmm. yeah. of the ship, and and like you you know she knows it. You yeah, know and I mean? before that, you see her have the the cool like disturbance yeah, in the force. Yeah, moment. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's just I don't know. Yeah, that was I, the, yeah. The Chewy thing would have been good. That, I just that, that would have been a nice that, way. To that do was it. just the only thing. Like I feel like if anybody that if they want to complain about that, that's probably one of the only things I'd probably be like, yeah, I kind of agree with you. And the other thing I might have done would have been to have Chewy just go like ballistic. I think they tried to yeah, depict that. They didn't really express but that. But I think though, no. he should have like literally ripped ripped a stormtrooper apart, apart or something yeah, like yeah. that. You know, maybe they maybe they just couldn't do it. But yeah. like I feel like that moment was supposed to play like, oh, Chewy lost it, but he didn't seem to lose it. Like he didn't Wookie lose it the way yeah. that we. But I will say that he does get off the shot. I mean, you know, he yeah. shoots Kylo Ren. It's like that is, and like we were saying, we know that that weapon is is a no nonsense weapon. What, so. what do you? We we were talking about before, like when when he's fighting Ray and like they're on the ledge and mm -hmm. like they're locked up in, in with the sabers. How do you read that scene? Like, do you read that in him sensing how strong she is and wanting to? Like, do you, do you genuinely think that like he wanted to like? train her or like work with her when he says like let me show you like, i i think that's a theme in these movies that the person that the you know the like they're always trying to do that with luke in the original yeah. trilogy yeah. I, I think that there is some sincerity there of like wanting yep. her to be on his side because he can sense that she's strong but i like that and we haven't really talked about like who she is there still is the possibility that she could be his i mean i don't know i she's either his cousin or his sister it seems but we don't know Maybe we don't know which. There's so you know? many crazy things I mean, out there because I mean, like, there's so many things that were gonna be that, <laughs> that seem like coincidences that maybe weren't, like uh, the Millennium Falcon being on the planet where she's being kept. Yeah. Like that could easily be something that was deliberately left there for her to find or something. Or but I don't. Uh, to me, I I'm fine with the coincidences. I don't need everything to be an explanation. I don't even really need her to be a descendant. I mean, it would almost be cool to find out that she's not. Sure. She's not what we think oh, she might yeah. be. But they yeah. all but said right that she's. I mean, it seems like she's Luke's kid, if not his, 
it just seems odd. I don't know. Like, who could she be if not? Like, it, it seems why make a mystery of who she is unless there is going to be some connection like that? But I personally don't crave. I don't necessarily need more connections. I don't want the universe to keep getting smaller. But I do. I do know that they have said that the the trilogy films will kind of tell the story of the Skywalker family. Right. So it makes sense to say that if we have an evil descendant of the Skywalker family in this trilogy, that we need a a good one to kind of counterbalance that. Right. But, and I like that Finn is not a, a a Force-sensitive person. Like, from the trailers and stuff, yeah. him holding the lightsaber, I feel like they very deliberately showed us that, but didn't show us Rey holding the lightsaber so that we would think maybe he was going to be the Jedi. But I like that he's just a guy who just fights with whatever's <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah. Trying to help. thought that was cool. That weapon that one of the stormtroopers had? That, yeah. What the... They, they, they named it today. They, they released yeah. the, the stormtroopers named today. Oh, God, man. They were apparently like some, like, him and Finn were, like, a part of, like, a FN... Yeah. Group of stormtroopers that were like a holy shit elite group, yeah. whatever. You could see like that did you little... see that? Did you see that meme that was like Disney what? tried to Disney tried to like yeah. pump up Captain Phasma and then no. this dude? Yeah, showed I up. think I sent that. To you. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, a, did you send that? Uh, yeah, I sent that. But that I was, I was saying like it as was walking out the movie, I was. I was saying, why was that not Captain Phasma? Just because right? that yeah. would have given yeah, her that, the that, moment yeah. that we wanted her to have. Yeah. That's such a good point. She, yeah. I was not. I thought she was going to be a really well, big she's, character. She's clearly going to be. They've said they're bringing her back, okay. and I could easily see that her, that Finn, if if he's got a villain that's yeah, chasing that. him, it sure. could be that she's 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 now hunting for Finn. You know, yeah. um, the, we talked about this a little bit um, earlier, and I kind of wanted to see if you guys do you think the next movie is going to pick up right after that, or do you think they're going to do what Star Wars movies have always done and jump? A couple of years forward, because like I want to see what happens with Ray and Luke, but it almost seems like we're not going to get that next phase. We're going to get to see whatever happened after that because they've always jumped a little bit forward. And the other thing, and this is related to the pacing you were talking about, Ronald, they have always these movies don't take place over like a month. It's always like something happens that sets off a, ch- a chain of events mm-hmm. and you could almost see, I bet every Star Wars movie takes place over like five days yeah. or something. And I think they always do that. So you jump yeah. forward a couple of years, but you figure out what what five-day period you're going to show. I wonder how they're going to handle this because my, my instinct says that Luke is almost going to, if Han was the Obi-Wan of this film, Luke is going to be more like the Yoda yeah. of the next film. I don't want to see them repeat that, but I do think if we're getting... If if he's a mystery and we're kind of peeling that onion in the next movie, the way we got to know Yoda and the Force in the second part of the original trilogy, I I feel like that would be a symmetry that I would like. That wouldn't be it wouldn't be too much of a rehash, you know. But like, what do you? What, I would love for them to continue it right at that moment. Right? I know you do. I kind of feel like I agree. I agree yeah. with you. Like you want to see. Right I want to see what happens yeah. next. Yeah. I want to see the explanation. I want to see the realization. Yeah. And I I did like I don't not that it not that it points to that type of sequel like that it would happen right immediately afterwards there was an article when it was talking about the script that ryan johnson's directing from that they went back and shot more mm-hmm. stuff on that island already yeah so it maybe flashbacks actually, yeah. or whatever but i mean that's encouraging because i'd, I'd want to see more of that even if it's not a direct pickup mm-hmm. like i need to know what that next thing was like i want to know yeah. well i like, like this idea i heard a rumor <coughs> a while back that the idea was they were going to find luke like held prisoner in some ancient Jedi temple by some some force oh, that's really? there, some presence that's there. So wow. it's like I would not mind getting to see some of that. That sounds kind that's, of spooky yeah. and cool. And those islands mm. that I think it's outside Scotland where there's yeah. but it's like those those islands look like something we haven't quite seen in a Star Wars movie. And unlike all the prequels 
where it was like we're on brightly colored mushroom yeah, like world galaxy or whatever. Worlds. Yeah. Now it's like we're back to this zone of just finding cool looking places, <laughs> locations, and letting it be it. the thing. You know, yeah. it's so, so simple, cool. and it feels so. Everything about it just felt much more like you could reach out and touch it. You know, yeah. and I also just the my inner geek just loves the idea that she's kind of taken the place of Han as far as the co-pilot of the yeah. Millennium Falcon, and that it's her and Chewie and R two D two on this adventure at the end. That just felt. I mean, again, that felt like th- here's a whole movie that we aren't getting to see about these three characters yeah. on this adventure. I, I don't know. Yeah, definitely, definitely hit the spot. Do we have any? Do we have any hopes or predictions or or, or reservations or anything going forward? I, the only other thing I wanted to mention that I was the the second of the two things I said that I maybe pick apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. I felt like I I didn't love Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. I, you I didn't? felt I felt very. She dialing it in. Oh, yeah. Like, but, I, but, but I don't know that there's enough there to do much yeah. more than that with. I don't know if that's intentional because she, I don't know, like, it, it's so bad to say this and I feel like an asshole. Say but, like, her voice, like, yes. like, like just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't fit anymore. Like, I know that people age and people look different. I'm fine with her aging and looking like she yeah. has aged. Yeah. But, like, her voice just completely, like. She has a smoker's voice. She has a smoker's yeah. voice. Well, she also didn't well, quite... catastrophe. She's like so annoying yes. as the guy's mother. Yeah. But like her voice, just like it literally was like I don't. I mean, that's not Princess Leia anymore because <laughs> it's like General Organa, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like so, maybe that's okay. Like she's old and grizzled and like got yeah. like a smoker's voice because she's leading yeah. this resistance now. But no, I, was, I I know what you're saying. It's like something I... about her, especially when Han was so good. Yeah. And even Luke, not present. Yeah. Was still so good. Yeah. Like, the air of Luke Skywalker was just present in mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. But then there's Leia on the screen, and it's just, like, everything with her. Maybe, again, maybe it has stuff to do with the editing. Like, the scene you mentioned that wasn't in there. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe something else that was could have been towards... I don't know. Just something that didn't click with her. There was something a little stiffer about the performance or something. Yeah. Like, it felt more like she was reading lines and less like she was, like, yeah. in the world. Which is unusual because... The, this was a rare Star Wars movie that really had a lot of really good acting in it. Oh yeah, yeah. As, you know? I was gonna say. Okay, can can I mention something? I'm no, you can't. Subtlety, man. Yeah. Subtlety is like huge for me, and I think that there's like I don't know if they got like mime training or mm-hmm. some shit, <laughs> but there are scenes where Kylo Ren's not talking, mm-hmm. where Finn's not talking when he's in a stormtrooper um, outfit, where BB-8 obviously isn't talking, where so much is expressed through just tilting of a head yeah. of like a shake of very subtle things that I have I didn't I've never seen in any of the movies the prior scene to where that. Finn's trying to get BBA to like cop for him that he's a he's, yes. he's with the rebellion or whatever yeah, yeah. And the like, back and forth like, of the... The, the whole like <laughs> and he's like and he like, so flicks up a little lighter yeah. loved it so good you're man. right like you don't need like yeah. some of those scenes are just so I mean, it's it's good. Like mind training is yeah. Not it's like far mom, off. did you know that they got comedians to consult? Yeah, the beeping for yeah, BB-8. Ben, ben Schwartz. Yeah, Ben Schwartz and like Bill one Hader. other person and Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Is that, I think they said like that's the BB Bill and oh, Ben. Yeah, some, I don't know what oh, the interesting. Is. Oh, so they got. I don't them. know if that's confirmed, but that's mm. what a lot of people were saying when it was revealed that that was them. So apparently, the way they filmed it, they they would have the scenes and they would get them to talk. They would be like on the set. Yeah, like, on the set. Pete saying speaking. what the robot would be saying yeah. and they yeah. also would get the inflections from that you know like, yeah. and both those guys do have like an animated voice you know it's so. really cool man no, those, the little things like that just feel like again there's a human touch to that like bringing in yeah. those two people Absolutely. you know involving Bill Hader and Ben Schwartz if you can <laughs> Benny like, Schwartz 
Benny Schwa. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, right. But like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that just feels like that's a similar kind of smart move to bringing in uh, John Boyega and bringing in, you know, Daisy yeah. Ridley, who I didn't know, but now I see I it's never, like this discovery. I'm, I'm kind of falling in love with her. No, she's, she's great. She she's, really is. She's terrific. pretty amazing. And man. she and John Boyega are so fun to watch yeah. in the press. They're so thrilled with yeah. what they get to do. They're like genuine chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Genuine chemistry, which really translates on screen you know who else had great chemistry in this film was Oscar Isaac and John Boyega oh. like, <laughs> but that immediate scene where they become like friends yes. like because of the situation that they're in I was grinning from ear to ear and I was thinking like that's what? another thing that to me felt like this is Star Wars these people who meet and they become yeah. fucking friends and later when they see each other again they hug yeah. because they're happy to see that each other is still alive and still I don't know that like and I love how quickly he just like gives them a new name yeah. I don't like that name yeah like, are you okay <laughs> with this well, you, get I like little, you get little hints of yeah. Oh, like that he might be a little bit headstrong, but I just like, I like that he was like this straight arrow heroic guy. Like when in, in the opening crawl, it says, you know, General Leia Organa has sent her best pilot. Yeah. Yes. It's like, okay, he's the hotshot pilot. Yeah, I love that. Speaking of the scroll. Yeah. First sentence. Yeah. So great. Goosebumps. <laughs> uh, as soon as it came up, like I, 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 like that week before we were talking, I tried to go into like isolation, not mm-hmm. read anything else. Mm-hmm. Didn't read any of this stuff from the premiere. As soon as that first set, like all the wonder that I had and all the mystery that was like, why is Mark Hamill not in any of this yeah. stuff? Immediately just like disarmed me. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Skywalker's missing? <laughs> like, how's that happen? Yeah. It's... And immediately I was like, oh God, that could have been, there probably wasn't a better way to start that scroll. Well, yeah. especially because J.J. Abrams said, and he says these vague things that when you see the movie, you understand he wasn't being as vague as you thought. Yeah. He said, people should be asking that because the people would say, where's Luke? In the trailer, where's Luke on the poster? And he said, oh, it's very deliberate that you are asking that question. You, you, when you see the movie, you'll understand yeah. why it is, uh, you know, why that's a good question to be asking. That sounds like bullshit. <laughs> right. But the first words in the movie are, Luke Skywalker has vanished. And I'm like, okay, I can see right. why they didn't want to tip, their, tip our hands yeah. to that. And, and little things like I said before, like Han Solo's back to being a bit of a smuggler. Leia's doing the best she can to run this you know, she's now back in a, in a sort of rebellion sense. Uh, I felt like they could have done a better job of explaining the relationship between the Republic and the Resistance. I did a little yeah. bit of reading online, and I think the novels and stuff that have come out, which I don't intend to read, but Wikipedia or Wikipedia um, would would be a place to look. But t- this is kind of a neat thing. I think that if the movie had explained this more, it might have resonated with people. The idea is that when the at the end of Return of the Jedi, the Empire was decimated, mm. and so the New Republic was formed. And this New Republic... Um, one of the moves they made was to have no centralized army because they th- said that that would be a, a step towards being the, like the empire yeah. was. So it's sort of like it's all these states that have their own army. Mm-hmm. And then when the, the, when, when the First Order kind of forms out on the fringes of the galaxy from what remains of the empire, there are certain people in the Republic that say, we've got to do something about this. And the Republic says, no, 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 no. Um, we, we, can't, we can't organize an army you know, we can't become part of this. We have to trust the states. So what the resistance is, is like a, it's like the equivalent of us going in and training guys in Afghanistan. So it's like Leia is part of like a secret splinter group that works basically for the Republic doing the bidding of the Republic. But what they're doing is going and finding these insurgents and people in these areas to mobilize and militarize them so they can fight the first order in that area. Ah. And that explains why when General Hux is talking about, you know, when his big speech to the troops, he says something like, the resistance is nothing more than a, 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 a different name for the Republic or something. Yeah. It was a confusing line, but when I read that backstory, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And that explains why now that we seem to have seen the seed of the Republic wiped out in this film, you know, mm-hmm. 
And now the resistance, it's kind of back to the res- the rebellion in a sense, because yeah. now the main force, the main army uh, for, for the forces of good that are trying to fight back the bad guys in this in this story, it's back to being a ragtag group that doesn't uh, have this home base. That's, yeah, that's what I took yeah, from that. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the movie did feel like maybe it needed a couple of more lines of dialogue or something to make that work. What did you guys think, uh, before we leave the subject, I guess, what did you guys think of, 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 of Death Star 3, you know? I personally wasn't bothered, but I will say that I found the destruction of Starkiller Base, that portion of the story, to be so much less engaging than the lightsaber battle and the death of Han and all that stuff. Like, I felt like when it would cut to Poe, like, it was beautifully arranged, and the fact that we were seeing these dogfights, like, inside the atmosphere rather than in outer space, it felt like something new. But I didn't. I just. I. I didn't feel any stakes really for that. No, it didn't have the payoff that I thought it would have. Right. I mean, but I. I, I think that's, so. It was a little bit by the numbers that part. Yeah. But there was so much else going on that it didn't drag me down. I think it was the idea that like all of these things had to happen in succession in order for the the outcome to be what it is. Right. Like, and I, and I think it's that's why they. Yeah, yeah. It had to have been all these moving parts happening <clears throat> at the same time. And they had to show it in the way that they did. I got that part, but. It, it didn't have the payoff that the other ground battles had. Yeah. Where I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, But like I said, seeing some of the the planets be destroyed that got destroyed mm-hmm. in the way that they showed it made it a lot more understand. It made me understand how evil mm-hmm. they were. Yeah. Like when t- it, it's it's different to see like a something explode yeah. and to see, then to see people on the planet like, oh. God, we're gonna. Do, that's that's different, man. Yeah, I thought that was really effective. And also to see him, as, we we have not seen yet like an imperial leader like assembled before the troops give like a speech. Yes, like that. I've never seen that before. I've wanted to see that. It yeah. felt very like I don't know. No, I thought Domhnall Gleeson was great. Oh, and I love the rivalry between him and Kylo Ren. Oh, totally. And I love that. It's so like, good. We haven't seen that yet before either. I mean, Grand Moff Tarkin in A New Hope and Darth Vader, they had this. Like, going back and watching A New Hope, there's so many references to him, like, being the attack dog for Grand Moff Tarkin. You sort of forget that he was working for somebody, that he was subjugated to somebody. But what I thought was neat about uh, General Hux was that we see in this movie, he has a relationship with Snoke, Snoke, too. It wasn't just this, there's these mystics and then there's these military guys. It's like the... So the notion of the two of them continuing their rivalry uh, as as the story heats up, I find really interesting. It's going to be interesting in the next one. And, and what do you think of Snoke? Like, did you take? Like, I thought it he was, made me uncomfortable to see, be honest. I, with I you. liked him. I thought it was a neat design, but I did want to see more. I wanted to just see him in the light and just see a weird looking guy because yeah. it was a CG creation, and they made a lot in the advanced press notes about it about. Oh, it was a character that could only be pulled off with CGI. And I see what they mean. It was I a guess. weird sunken face, but I was expecting to see something crazy we haven't seen before. Yeah. Right. And it was and, a projected image, right? Like, well, no, that what, was so, definitely so that was, a, a hot... Like, here's what I'm thinking is happening. Okay. He's sitting... He's a normal-sized person. And he's somewhere else. He's sitting there looking at a little hologram of them. Okay. And they're looking at a giant hologram of him. So that he's looking down that's, at them that's, in hologram okay, that's form. What I've, and they're I've looking figured. up at him in hologram form. Okay. But surely that giant hologram is there to be... It's like Wizard of Oz. It's like it's, it's there to yeah, be yeah. imposing. Yeah, yeah. But I saw so many people that thought he was a giant yeah. ghost. No, I didn't, didn't think... didn't realize he was a hologram. I knew that know? he was somewhere else, but it yeah. was just weird the way they did it. I found out... Listen to the comedy Bang Bang, random. Mm-hmm. This is completely off the subject. Did you know that the genre of music... Yes. I've known that for years. (laughs) I did not know this. Did you know that the genre of music that they play in the cantina is called jizz? Yes. I saw an article about this. I didn't read it, but (laughs) I did not know that. It's called jizz. Wow. 
And it's spelled J-I-Z-Z. Nice. Yes. And we think, well, what they suggested on Comedy Bang Bang, and I think this is probably true, uh, is that is that Lucas really thought it was just funny. That it's like, oh, it's like jazz, but it's jizz. And like no one told him. Yeah. No one told him that like that's... I'd buy that. Because I think that term has been around that long. For a long yeah. time. It had yes. to have been. Yeah. Now, I remember years ago seeing like a listing where it said, listed that band and said, the genre that they're known for is jizz music. And I remember just being like, <laughs> oh, is that a typo? Right. Or, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was I really joke. do think Lucas just thought, hey, it's like jazz, but it's it's, it's jizz. <laughs> I love that he referred to Disney as white slavers, oh, yeah. by the way. Did you watch and that interview? I apologize. So good. It was a great interview. But, but there is so much. Oh. So, so, you know. I can't. I- I get there's there's people right now though. Did you know that there's a petition online? Oh no, I'm not. Ready people are for saying what bring him say. back to direct episode nine. Really? Because okay, the the Star Wars faithful, the people who okay. hate that this movie, that Force Awakens, is okay. a nostalgic retread. And again, we've just mentioned all the many reasons we think it's so, so much more than that. But we're acknowledging that if you get hung up on that one fact, that it does, it is a little bit of a greatest hits package mm. of ideas that work in Star Wars. To me, that is a fine decision because I, I was very entertained. But I think some people, and I think there's an argument to be made for this, Lucas, they say, the prequels, as stinky as they could be, as stiff as they could be, mm-hmm. were Lucas's weird ideas for where the story should go they were his ideas yeah yeah. this movie definitely feels like jj abrams kathleen kennedy lawrence kasdan they got together and tried to think of what we wanted to see yeah there is a difference and i'm not saying i want lucas back i'm just saying i can acknowledge that this movie did not have any of the what that's what you want to do of like the pod race or the way that the clones you know that stuff played out in a way that i didn't enjoy but it was a man's vision. Yeah, right. absolutely. And he is the guy that came up with the thing. So Would it's it... like, I feel like people are really quick to kick him around. I still think that, uh, you know, even though... Ugh, a friend of mine said something really smart about this. He said that Lucas wouldn't have such a bad name if we thought of movies more the way we think of bands. And he said that, like, when you made the original trilogy, there was a certain band together. Okay. You had Lucas, you had Harrison Ford, right, you had right. John Williams, whatever. When he came back and made the prequels, it was like, oh, the lead singer's back, but he didn't get the same bass player. Mm. He didn't get the same drummer. He's got that okay. keyboardist. I get so, it. But it's a new lineup. Yeah. It's like, it's not the same lineup. So really what we loved was that classic lineup of everybody that teamed right. up to make that original trilogy great. It's not that Lucas sucked and needed all these people yeah. around him. It's that it was more of a team. And when he came back to make the prequels, it was much more like... He's the big guy. Yeah. People are running around doing what he wants. I, I think there's some truth to that. I don't want to see him back on there. What if but I'm, helped... not, I'm not trying to kick him around either. I think we've kicked Lucas around quite, a, quite enough at, the, at this point. What if he helped with the ninth script? What if he helped with it? I would be interested to know. Be, I would be know, interested. To, I fuck, would be interested to know what his ideas him. were. I don't want to see him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I want to read the article see. about what his ideas were. That, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But I don't you, want you to... sold the company. Yeah, like let somebody do something right. with it now, and I'm, we can maybe get into this. His explanation. More franchises, yeah. but uh, his like explanation a... for it was actually really pretty amazing, though. Like for why well, he sold I, I, it, I'm I thought sh- that was really pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, no, no, no. It makes sense. I mean, but I just think that. It was obvious. It was obviously the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it was the absolute right thing to do for oh, him totally. and for the for the for the franchise. Yeah, I just feel like there's a point where you know, like, much respect. I'm not going to shit all over you. Yeah, but there's a there's but, there's a, there's a changing of something happening. But let, Star let Wars is happen. good again. Stay away from it. Yeah, like yeah. It, you <laughs> yeah, created yeah. something that people worship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let somebody help. 
make that the case for another generation. Star yeah. Wars is happy now. Star Wars yes. has a, Star Wars has a new a new yeah, exactly. lover. <laughs> like let, let let it be that yeah. your your vision, your world, yeah. your characters will forever be those characters yeah. because mm-hmm. people now love it again. Yeah. yeah. And if it wasn't the case, it would die. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if the same thing happened again, not I'm not saying like in a world it, where yeah, you kept it. It's or, possible, man. It could have happened. Yeah, yeah. It, I just was, like it, I just was... feel like we'll, we'll you know I think we talked about this a little bit when we talked about Creed. It's just like there, there's a there's a matter of like something that you create and something that you have a, a, a tightness, closeness, whatever connection mm-hmm. to. But I feel like when something is the, the diminishing returns is way too obvious, and there's a possibility that somebody could help with it. Yeah, yeah, a mm-hmm. lot. Um, just do it. That should happen. <laughs> yeah, you know, let it go. Yeah. I feel like there's a level of like, like. Um, like hum like a humbleness to it, like to say, yeah. I know this is my world. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm responsible for all of this, at the root level of this. But like you know, s- somebody can add to this. Like letting yeah. go of that ego. I feel like that that's kind of what he's like. I feel like that's kind of what he's negating by making comments like that. I, I honestly think I, that he was handing handling it pretty gracefully, and I think it just got to the point where there were too many. Microphones shoved in his face, I and think he so eventually too. said something Probably. that sounded less gracious. Yeah, you know what I mean. He suddenly yeah, I think, I think he so went too. from saying things that sounded really mature to saying things that sounded kind of pointed and kind of sour yeah. grapesy. I wonder how much of that is is him, and how much of that is just the press trying to take everything he says yeah. and blow it out of proportion. Because I think that he. I think the thing about white slavers was just a dumb thing to say. That's just not, that's the kind of shit you just shouldn't, you shouldn't compare anything you're going through <laughs> that's not slavery to slavery. I yeah. think that's what we've figured out in our, right, in our right, current right. cultural moment. Right, right. right. You're absolutely right. Like, I think that's. Man, so- this sandwich is like slavery. You yeah, just aren't supposed to say it's that. It's super you know? weird. And, and I- also, he sold it. That's the thing when you exactly when, when you sold that. something for four billion dollars, you can't refer you can't refer to it as being like slavery because that's yeah. not. How, I don't know if George Lucas realizes there's got to be some. There weren't that many slaves that made four billion dollars off of yeah. being slaves. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a huge part of it though that it's just complete jealousy. I think and and understandably because I feel like because a lot of that's happening like after there's so much yeah positive yeah being said about it again for yeah. once in a yeah. long time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I like, think he, I think it's the, I think it's just, I would not expect any less from him. And I don't mean that as an insult. I, no, I know what you're it's saying. like the you're idea right, of, it's right. like the idea of like, if I created a, it's almost like this, the shit that Steve Jobs would say when he wasn't at Apple, mm-hmm. when he was like in that transitional, he would just say crazy things about the company. It's like what you would naturally do if you saw your baby, something else happening to it, even mm-hmm. if it was, an amazing thing even yeah. if it was a te- it doesn't matter if it was a good or a bad thing the fact that you're not at the helm pisses you off a little bit and i think it's okay i think it's okay i it's, i agree with you it's like that conversation it's, that he had with that producer from from jurassic park where the guy was like yeah he's like star wars is gonna crush this movie did you ever see that conversation <laughs> no. it's it was like, like it was it was it was a kind of a joke you could tell that they, they, sort of i think they were kidding the, i think they were kidding because yeah, frank yeah. marshall has worked with george lucas yeah i think it was a joke but, but like it was at a premiere and like frank marshall's walking premiere past, for i don't know maybe oh. it was maybe it was just an event of some kind okay. yeah it was some some star wars event i believe it may okay. have even been a premiere of the yeah. film but i don't know but it was frank marshall walking past and like George Lucas is talking to someone on the red carpet, and Frank Marshall walks past and gives a nudge to him and says, "Is it going to beat Jurassic World?" And George Lucas turns to him and says, "We're going to squash you like a bug." Yeah, <laughs> but it, but I think these two, I think this was two guys who've worked together. Have I, th- yeah. I feel like that kind of 
shit probably goes on all the time. But, you know? He has confidence in whatever's happening. That's no, what I'm saying. I, 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 but, I understand. But it, it's okay. But I know what you're saying too. That it does yeah. seem like eventually. <laughs> that's what I mean about eventually the answers are going to start sounding a little sour. Yeah. Because you're going to start not just being asked, "What do you think? How do you think? Have you seen it? What do you think?" <laughs> to, for it to be like. Uh, so what did you think of this great new thing that they made with your thing? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think yeah. at some point he just started saying a couple things. And he's kind of walked them back a little bit, you know. But there was that one conversation where he says, said they wanted a retro movie and I never would have made a retro movie or something. I don't even know what that means. When you look at the movies he made, he kind of loses the right to, yeah. to like, hint at what he might have done, you know. You're right. I don't know. All things said and done, I thought it was a fucking blast. No, it was a and blast. I, I would agree with you this year. There are some movies that I had a blast with mm-hmm. this year in the theater that will be on my list in two weeks, but I don't know that anything would top Star Wars. And it's only it's one of only, I think, maybe two movies I've seen three times this year. Yeah. And I will plan on seeing multiple times. And I, I, I just... And I'm looking forward to seeing it yeah. another time. Right. You know what I mean? And, and the other thing that is so great to see is that it's been embraced by kids yeah again you know like coming over here and like henry like just literally waiting at the door to show me his like millennium falcon lego set <laughs> which i know you had just as much a hand in as oh, he no, did it was so yeah, it was yeah. so fucking fun um I, you know I, like I actually that's, told, that's actually cool. told him actually told him that santa said that i was he was supposed you were to allowed me, to yeah you had to permission to put it together no i mean like that kind of excitement is great i mean it's just like you know it's back in that zeitgeist again and it's, mm-hmm. it's just so exciting um, and you know what I mean about looking down the row at the movie when you're laughing and you just sometimes will steal a look absolutely. and everybody's smiling, everybody's laughing. I will say one of my favorite moments, I didn't mention this earlier. Yeah, let's go like favorite moments the, of the uh, movie. The reveal of the Millennium Falcon. Yes. I, Crowd went nuts. I, I, I may, may have been my favorite beat. Like there were other things I was expecting, but that like they led me up to it without totally tipping it. You know, like they didn't, you didn't, you felt it coming, but you didn't know. And then when they cut to it, I, I mean, and, and refer to it as the junker. Oh God. Yeah. And everybody goes, whoa. Yeah. It's like, but you could feel people. There's this kind of like, oh my gosh. You know? And that's what I mean about every time one of the old characters would pop up. I got this yeah. weird little like, oh gosh, what are they going to do? And even C-3PO like kind of photobombing yeah. Han and Leia when they're having a moment. Like everybody was, was pitch perfect, yeah. you know? No, totally. Yeah. And totally. I, and, and I loved the interplay between Han and Chewie too. Like I loved the. Uh, I'll do. I'll do what I always do. I'll talk my way out of it. And then Chewie says something, and he says, "Yes, I do every time." <laughs> yeah, Harrison Ford was like such. A, he was playing. There was such a crusty, grumpy, but still, still the same roguish character to to that version of Han Solo. It was really, yeah. So favorite moments, Ronald? Was there uh, a beat or a little moment that that really to, rocked your world? The uh, first time you see Kylo flip out. Mm-hmm. This that was something so powerful about that moment. It was it was so erratic. <clears throat> I wasn't expecting it. You know, how they, he got the news. He's like, oh, okay. Is that when the one guard comes in? Uh, about the first scene when he's like just fir- slashing yeah. up. Yeah, the when he messes center? up the control center. Oh, okay. That first that scene was amazing to me because I wasn't sure about how. You just didn't it, know yet. Yeah, you didn't know how his behavior was. I didn't want him to be like Darth Vader. I, I love that. What were we going to say? No, I'm no, sorry. real quick. What's great about that, if we're talking about the same scene, is we're talking about like the shift back and forth between this immaturity and this strength. Yeah. yeah. Like the second beat of that scene when the guy says that there was a girl mm. and he says, what girl? And he and, and yeah. he then uses like the, the, the anger of the force to like fucking pull this guy in. And yeah. that like goes from this kid messing up his room yeah. to like a villain, like in a matter of a snap. And, and something that, you know, as many times as we saw Darth Vader kill somebody, 
uh, using the force. He didn't fly him across the room into yeah. his hand. Yeah. I mean, it was like that was yeah. like a thing that we hadn't yeah. seen someone do before yet with the force. You I know? love that. Yeah. That's really that was, cool. It's a great scene. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other one was when they had first landed uh, and the stormtroopers came out at the beginning of the movie and they're shooting all the people. Mm-hmm. And you can see Finn refusing to shoot. Yeah. There's something I. I I like, and that's like two minutes into the movie. Yeah, and you're already there. So such a good, such a good moment because you're like, okay, so he's. You see this line of guys, Mm -hmm. and and you don't know who's who at first, but then you see him kind of like you get, and he gets the mark. Yeah, he He was a little shorter than the others, which I think is even maybe a nod to the line in New Hope where. Luke comes into Leia's cell and she says, "You're a little short for a stormtrooper, aren't you?" Yeah. Exactly. But, but it helped you know that it was him, you know. Right, right. And then the yeah, the mark was was so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. Speaking of uh, stormtroopers and Kylo Ren freaking out, the two stormtroopers who back away when they realize <laughs> turn around like, th- again, that just gives the world this lived-in feel that the that it it doesn't always have. And I think this movie really worked hard to give you that little hint of we've yeah. never seen quite seen a moment like this with two stormtroopers before. We've yeah. never quite yeah. seen like Absolutely. you know the little it, things we haven't quite seen before. It was and it, it didn't feel goofy. No. It felt like oh okay, this is a part of the beat. Well, that's what I mean about that Lawrence Kasdan humor tone. It's just yeah. he knows how to write those 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 jokes that right. fall within action. I think JJ actually is probably pretty good at this too. A lot yeah. of that oh, probably yeah. comes from him. Just revealing character through action and revealing character through like humor and having those things happen in the moment rather than it being this ponderous, you know, yeah. slow moving thing. The redesigns of the stormtrooper outfits. Mm-hmm. The 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 redesigns of everybody. All everybody the man, I I just thought it was just a gorgeous movie. Yeah. It's just a gorgeous movie. So many, uh, sorry. No, so many what? I just so many moving parts that were just beautiful. Yeah, I gotta say, I think the scene when they're fighting in the forest when it's snowing. Oh my god! And and Kylo thinks he's like basically willed the saber to him from Uh the snow, and it gopes past him. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I can't lie, dude. I was like crying. No, that is. I got so and, and. and that that musical cue mm-hmm. is like one of my favorite musical cues of all time. Oh wow! That part of the Star Wars theme, mm-hmm. like the so like, da, 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 da. like you know, like the yeah. softer where mm-hmm. it's not as like harsh. Oh my god! It just gave me cold chills, and that's one thing I will say. I didn't. Maybe a second viewing will reveal it to yeah, me. Yeah, is that you. the score? I heard moments that I really liked, but I didn't feel that. Like there weren't, I don't remember hearing any new themes that just uh, jumped out at me. I gotta agree with you. I don't. I don't remember. I just. I remember dialing I mean, into the things that I was yeah. so familiar with. And I think the music pushed the emotions of the story the way that John Williams scores typically do. I don't think that part was lacking. But I don't remember having that feeling because in the lead up to this, I was you know pulling up like stuff from the soundtracks and listening to just all the great themes. There's like eight or nine. Yeah, I need to get that memorable I, themes. Yeah. You know, in the Star Wars. Uh, in the Star Wars saga, and I felt like this movie didn't introduce anything that that just nothing. I wasn't humming anything going out, but when you've got the main Star Wars theme, you know you don't really need. Do you know the name of that theme that I'm talking about by chance? Like since you listened to them, like if I wanted to try well, to if, buy if I it, knew for sure. There's one called the There's one called the Force theme, and uh-huh. there's one called the main theme. I think, and I'm not sure which. But I don't the, think it's the. I don't think it's the. Main theme. I think mm-hmm. it maybe is the force one. I don't know. I have to find it. 
So, so yeah, that's that. Go see Star Wars if you haven't. <laughs> Please do. And yeah, and, and or see it more times. And our um, we did ask our our, our listeners to uh, to send in their thoughts on Star Wars. I don't know how many of them have sent in messages at this point. Steve, do you know? Currently, mm-hmm. uh, I think it sits at a nice odd three. Oh, three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, guys. But there may be some more coming in. I haven't checked it in an hour. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's hoping, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> thank, so, yeah. Thank you for the three people who who did uh, who did it. call in, and now let's 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 hear those listeners. Let's hear what they had to say. Hey, movie schmovie, Alec Klein is calling in. I loved Force Awakens. I thought it was a great movie. Ray is such a powerful character. Um, great to see a, a female lead do such a great job in the movie. I think she really made it. Um, and, you know, Kylo Ren as uh, a villain, I like the fact that he's so flawed. Clearly needs a lot growing up, and I, I'm really curious to see the next movie. I know this movie was a kind of rehash, a lot of nods to old movies, um, but I think that gave him a foundation they can do a lot of cool things with, and the next movie is going to be great. I wasn't that huge in Star Wars. I've seen all of them, but not that big of a fan, but this is really captivating me. And... Uh, I'm really excited to see what happens next. This is your boy, Dak, of uh, the 4-1-Owned Gaming Podcast. And I just absolutely love Star Wars, The Force Awakens, the characters, the villain. J.J. did not mess up at all. I don't see a weak spot in this movie. Well, a couple small things, but nothing crazy to write, write home about. I was really happy with this movie, and I just... I don't want to say too much because of spoilers, but it's probably one of the best movies I've seen in the last 10 years, five years. All right, talk to you. Bye. Hello, this is Jay again. I'm calling in to give my opinion on Star Wars The Force Awakens. Overall, I like the movie very much. I give this a B plus. I feel I need to take off some points just because of, no spoilers here, but just because of one major uh, turn of events that I'm sure everyone's talking about. And the fact that I thought that Kalo Ren might have been just a little bit whiny, just a touch whiny. I mean, I know he's supposed to be strong and all, but at the same time, he's uh, not so seasoned. He's just like a spoiled little brat. And uh, especially when he takes his helmet off and you're really hearing his true voice and he's doing his weird facial expressions, um, I think they could have made him a little darker. So I'm hoping in the next movie they make him a little bit more edgy, a little bit more refined, and that he can keep it together. Like, don't have temper tantrums. You can get mad, but make it look good. Don't make it look whiny. That's just my thoughts. Overall, I like the movie. But I think the ending could have been a little bit different, too. But uh, I guess uh, that's just a magical movie. So we'll see what the next movie's going to be about. And hopefully this trilogy will be just as successful as the very first one. Take it easy. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. This is Matt Tracy calling. Um, 30 seconds or less. Wow, that's challenging. Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, for me personally, too many callbacks, uh, way too many callbacks, and too many parallels to A New Hope. But otherwise... Man, uh, it was just so fun and so exciting to watch, especially having waited so long for a good Star Wars movie. Uh, but hands down, my favorite moment was the BB-8 thumbs up. I, I lost it. I, was, I laughed out loud. I guffawed in the theater when seeing BB-8 give a little torch thumbs up. So 
uh, overall, loved it. So, thank you for... (laughs) Thanks, listeners. Thanks for the insight, man. Yeah. It seems like most people really enjoyed it. I mean, right. even, like even our, our listeners that have called in to talk about it, they mm-hmm. all seem pretty positive. Mm-hmm. Some things that we talked about earlier that they touched on that were pretty consistent. But overall, I don't think there's really people out there that are hating this movie. Right. Are these people that listen to movie movie? Opinions being what they are. Um, one of the other things that's fun about Star Wars is it's so immersive. There's so much stuff to dive into. And, you know, like there's so many the old ones you could go back and watch. But I've really been enjoying uh, playing the, uh, the Star Wars, the bad lip readings. Oh, oh yeah. Star Wars. I haven't seen any of those um, yet. The the one They're I think great. I sent it to you guys. The the clip that's been cracking me up, just ridiculous. Is there's a scene in Empire Strikes Back. It's a scene with Yoda, where the oh, bad yes, lip reading yes, guys yes. have stuck in a little song, and <laughs> yeah, it's the scene it's... where Yoda looks like he's dancing, um, and Luke is so serious in that moment, and it just looks like he's giving the stunned silence to to the sight of Yoda dancing and singing the little song. That little song, rocking and rocking and rolling. rolling so I'm yeah. rocking and rolling down to the beach. I'm strolling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that song has been so stuck in my mind. I've been going around the house singing it, you know. And I said to to, to my wife the other day, I said that I actually, and I was telling the truth. I was like, I'm honestly jealous of that song. Like, I wish I had written the song. <laughs> it's up there with like making pancakes from uh, yes from Adventure Time. Uh, Adventure Time. Yeah. It just gets stuck in your head. So good. And she paid me this compliment. She said it does sound like something you would write. <laughs> And I was so I was so complimented by that. That's such a good song. <laughs> such a good song. It's catchy as shit. It's also funny that right before it, like Lucas complaining, he says, you know, something silly. Because with the bad lip reading, a lot of the lines are just uh, absurd. He says something like, um, you know, a, a bad guy kicked him in the shin and he peed in his pants or something. And then Yoda goes, nothing a little music won't help. <laughs> <laughs> and starts singing the song. <laughs> Oh, it's so silly. But I think that's the thing. It's like, and I'm ready. I'm sure that'll happen with Force Awakens. I think these things they become iconic, and then they're they're just fodder for jokes. And, yeah, they get you know, extended the and, life of it. You know, I won't extended. mind that in a six months or so, seeing the kind of fun, jokey nitpicking about what's right. going on in these films. I don't think that's a problem. But I think the the initial, uh, uh, you know, I'm still basking for sure in the in the afterglow of the movie. Oh yeah. But it is uh, back to our other topic, which. Um, uh, you know, it's very much part of the same thing. We are in the age now of these giant franchises. I mean, Star Wars seemed to be done. You know, after the prequels, it seemed like, I think Lucas even said there'd be no more films. Because um, he, he realized the movies that people really wanted to see were what happened after Return of the Jedi, and he, he just didn't want to do that, I guess. Um, and now this is back. And uh, other things like Harry Potter, which finished up the book series and finished up the eight movie series. Now it's coming back. There's both a play written by J.K. Rowling, which picks up as sort of a sequel to, uh, you know, shows Harry and Ron and Hermione later in life. And there's this film, which is like a new series, which is a, a prequel, which is a little bit dangerous, but it seems like it's so different. I don't think it feels as... Yeah. It doesn't feel like the Star Wars prequels, but the, um, what is it, um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find yeah. Them, yeah. which is a textbook in the universe of Harry Potter that we're now seeing the adventures of the guy that wrote this yep. textbook. Yep. Mm. You know, and that's written, that's a screenplay written by J.K. Rowling. She's she's never written a, a screenplay for one of the Harry Potter films before. So it seems pretty significant. And isn't it the same guy that directed the last couple Harry Potter films Yates. that is doing this? Uh, I think, yeah, David Yates. So that's a real extension of a franchise. You know, um, we've, 
recently seen uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, that come back from the grave. And, I need and to finish that. Season. Actually, it, end, it ends pretty strong. That was a pretty solid really? season of, of uh, fun. It, it, I feel like it got a little, like the pace slacked off in the middle episodes, but when you're getting towards the end, they do some things that you can see they were definitely building up to. But that's just another thing that could have been over and is not. And a lot of these things are kind of good or they look good. How do we feel about this being in the age where... Where that, franchises don't end, where you know, and you know how I love an strange. ending, but it seems like now they know they have these intellectual properties, and they're not going to let them sit there. And and I've heard that interesting filmmakers now, when when someone's a, a screenwriter now, like it's a much bigger trend now for those writers instead of working on their next original script or coming up with their own original properties, almost all of these people, if they're getting snapped up because. People want to, you know, hire them for their writing. They're getting stuck on this existing forever IP, <laughs> for like a decade. And you're so you're so much strange. more likely to maybe. And I, so what I what I'd heard someone say was that these mainstream tentpole movies are becoming a lot better because you have these really interesting writers writing them. That's funny. But I what we're not that. getting is those writers' original idea. Th- those right. writers doing something, you know. That cooking up something completely on their own. So, I mean, are we just in favor of this because so far so good, or are we? Are, 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 is this? You know, we're pretty uncynical at this table about sequels and, yeah. and franchises and stuff. Will there reach a point where we go? Ugh, I've had enough of this. You know. Well, I mean, we we talk about it a lot, but the Marvel business model kind of pumping out a million movies yeah. that are related in this same world. I mean, they're doing the Hunger Games prequels are coming out at some point in the yeah. next couple of years, too. Um, I think it's really cool, man. I, I like the extension of the world sort mm-hmm. of idea. As long as they're done well. That's mm-hmm. that's that's always been my argument with like prequels and sequels and stuff like that. And remakes and all that stuff that we, <laughs> Steve and I have had yeah. epic, epic yeah. conversations about. It's just the... That was always my argument. Yeah. Is the quality it's of quality it gonna, there. Yeah, yeah, if the quality's there, like th- th- like these Star Wars movies, is the if the quality's there, I'm fine with it. If the quality of the Harry Potter, you know, prequels is good or the Hunger Games prequels is good, I'm good with it. Just don't make them shitty. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all I want. That's all I want. I understand that there's they want to milk this thing forever and it makes sense. Yeah. They can they can merchandise it and and as long as it's of quality, I'm not you aren't going to hear very much bitching from me as long as the movies are good. Well, it's interesting that you mention it in in relation to remakes because I, in a strange way, sequels are almost like the opposite of a remake right. because a remake is a way to to get that intellectual property and to to make it for quote unquote today's audience or whatever you know right. to come up with a fresh start and a sequel or an extension of a franchise is like saying we're going to do that. We're going to trade on the currency of this this name, yeah. you know, the Harry Potter, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, or Star Wars, or Marvel, or whatever it is. But we're not making a remake. <clears throat> like one of my favorite things about the Force Awakens, and one of the reasons why I wasn't bothered by the 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 familiar nature of some of the plot points, is because it did seem like they were doing that instead of remaking it. That they were right. they were smart enough to know we're, we don't want to recast these iconic roles. But we can extend this world, you know. Right. So in that sense, it does seem kind of savvy, and it seems like it it bucks the trend of the remake because we're not seeing them make a pale imitation. Hopefully, of right. the original thing, we're seeing something that adds to it. But we are going to lose that sense of, you know, like the way the <coughs> Harry Potter series ended. It felt like it that was a definite end. Yeah. If she had never come back to that. That would have felt like a pretty complete thing. But now, and you know, you said this earlier about the prequels, the way that uh, the prequel trilogy in Star Wars. 
the way they used the effects and the battles and stuff, it was so over the top and flashy that it did seem like, well, how is this part of the same? How is this before, <laughs> before exactly. this other world? Are exactly. we going to run into that in, in, in that effort to, okay, it's a prequel, you know, the, yeah. the uh, Fantastic Beasts, just as an example. Are they going to have to kind of top all the Harry Potter films? You know what I mean? Yeah. To make it a to make it a fitting follow up, but are they going to somehow inadvertently make those original films pale because this movie by nature will have to have so much more going Big on idea. to seem like it's bigger than what we've seen before or will we see the interesting playing around in the pockets of this world where it doesn't always have to be bigger and better Flashy, and top yeah. the last thing? Or do you think that's just an impossible hope? They're always going to try to top Oh, that's a good question. I don't really know how to answer it. Like if they showed you one monster last time, they want to show you three monsters this yeah. time, you know. But I, I think that's a mistake, though. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Y- you know. Uh, like that mentality is what ruined, say, like. Spider-Man. Well, also, I was thinking Oof. of the TV show 24. Spider-Man. Like, uh, I remember, yeah. like, by the time it got to the third or fourth season, and you're like, all they're doing is trying to top what they've done before. There's no storytelling left after that, you know. Right, and that's all it becomes. And then that's when it's just empty, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that a lot of these, uh, some of these sequels of these franchises, it just falls into that, like, it's got to be bigger, badder, flashier, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I feel like they have to put on display, like, the quality of film that can be made today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're going to be challenged with making that movie, but also in a way to, like, maybe it doesn't have to be as flashy as Harry Potter, you know? Right. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe they're not going to be in the air the entire time fighting off these things. You know, maybe there's more of a, you know, more of like a little bit more of a, even though it's these fantastic beasts, yeah. you know, maybe it is like the more, like the pockets that you, like you said, mm-hmm. like where we don't have to, at least right now, it doesn't have to be, you know, this, as bigger than any Harry Potter movie that ever came I mean, out. I guess they could... They could do that for that world by just saying you're not going to have this building threat yeah. like Voldemort. You're going to end up with, you know, lots of little adventures or something. Yeah. I could see mm-hmm. that being more the thing, or you know. But either way, like we don't really know yet. Sure, sure. But the but the truth is, they're yeah they're gonna they're gonna keep these things going. I mean, the Hunger Games thing is a great example. Like yeah. that one didn't even occur to me that they could milk that for more. But yeah. of course, they want to have another Hunger Games film on the schedule. You know, like it, it just. I mean, are are we? I guess you're just saying if the quality's good, then yeah. it's no problem. Or is it? It's I mean, are no we? Are, I guess maybe in a few years we'll know yeah. then if we feel suddenly we're just tired of the idea of sequels. Because for years I've always sort of felt like I was an apologist for sequels. Like I, I never have minded the idea of returning to the well if there's yeah. more to be done with it. But I do feel like, for instance, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark is is one of my favorite films of all time. I like the first couple of sequels, yeah. but they don't. If you were to just have that first movie, I think that first movie would seem better if it didn't have sequels following it up. Yeah. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't trade. You know, it, more Indiana Jones, even with as bad as the fourth one was. I'm still excited at the notion of them yeah. doing another good one because it could be good. So maybe that's what the thing about franchises that's kind of an optimistic thing is that it always seems like. <laughs> there could be a good one. Like, even if they make one that's not so great, it doesn't mean the next one couldn't be great. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm usually in favor of them. Like, I guess I'd jump on the quality bandwagon. I mean, if that's not obvious, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But I think the thing that's unique about the franchises now is, and not not in every one of them, but we kind of talked about it, like, through one of our text messages last week. Like, and it's most obvious in, like, what Joss Whedon has to do with the Avenger films, mm-hmm. which is... The movies themselves are being made to connect 
so many other things as yeah. opposed to being that movie. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think that's kind of where they may be adding something to the franchise or adding something to a sequel, but like when the movie's purpose is to serve something else instead of, you know, the story instead it's of telling. Being itself a movie. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of franchises are doing now. And it's like it's even becoming it's even becoming present in like franchises that really have no need to like make a universe. Mm-hmm. You it's know, not true. that it ever became a franchise, and I don't think it ever will, but like the the gem in the holograms movie, yeah, like that came out this year that was a huge bomb. Like they obviously when they made that movie, thought they were making sequels already when they're making that movie. Yeah. There are things in that movie that will serve a sequel. Most notably by a lot of people that have seen it is the stinger at the end of it, which is where they show the misfits. Mm-hmm. For anybody that saw all the cartoons or anything like that, yeah, like, misfits that, are... They're the villains of, mm-hmm, of the yeah. story, really. Who yeah. made better music than Jim and then, Exactly. Just yeah, just to clear them. that up. <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 it's, it's a great example of like, the confidence in a franchise before you even know if oh, it's viable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's and that the that's the only thing, as being somebody who's all about sequels, and I'm all about it usually, mm-hmm. yeah. and beyond just the quality of it. But like, I like the focus as much as possible like to be on the movie that is coming out. Yeah. Like, I know that in the story, and I know that in the world, maybe, that mm-hmm. it's building, there's got to be ties. And maybe especially if you're trying to, you know, create longevity for this thing. But... I feel like one of the things, if, if like the to, unit, to, to, the, the to unit of Harry telling Potter, the unit of doing that should still be a good movie. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. What, that that's the primary unit. Yes. Exactly. Right. And the secondary purpose of it is to maybe thread something together. Mm-hmm. I think the benefit of looking at something like Harry Potter or the Hunger Games things, these properties that came off of of, of an episodic or a, a series of pre-existing material, mm-hmm. even though they're not like original when you're making seven or eight sequels to these books. Mm-hmm. But the books were written as as their own stories that had ties yeah. to one another. Mm-hmm. Like each book, like I don't think I don't think really any of the Harry Potter books are bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some of the films are not as good as the other films. But those movies weren't made thinking four films down the line, how do we tie it together? Right. Yeah. Because the script, the source material already told you that. Mm-hmm. But like I feel like the things that these writers that are gonna be challenged with now, these talents that are being sucked up into these franchises. Mm-hmm. Is that they're? I feel like they're going to be distracted, even with their talent, from writing that story that serves that movie, as right. opposed to writing that story that serves the third movie in the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I hate that. I remember we yeah. talked about this. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like talked about it for Avengers. For Avengers: Age of Ultron. Yeah, like it was so obvious, and Joss Whedon has made comments yeah. about it after that movie came out. But it, it, it's what made me not enjoy that movie. Right. Like, right, I should right. have enjoyed that movie. Yeah. A lot. And I, I really didn't. Well, I did, but I still agree that it was it was not served by that. That, like... Yeah. That, like... Because, I mean, it's one of those that when you see it a second time, if you pay attention to all the dialogue, it's like... It's another one, back to what we were saying before, where it's like the, a lot of the nitpicks, a lot of the complaints people had, the answers are actually in the movie. Yeah. That if you pay attention and catch all the nuances... Mm-hmm. Trust Whedon wrote a very dense script. Yeah. But I do think that movie suffered for feeling like it was moving you from one point to another. Yeah. And it didn't feel like, outside of a few things that kind of changed the fabric of the, the world, it didn't feel like it did... Like, it didn't feel like it, it got to be its own discrete chapter of the story the yeah. way that you might hope for, the way that some of these other kind of standalone films were. But that was a unique movie in that it had so many moving parts and so many things it was trying to do. I think in general, we like to see movies that don't try to do so much. 
yeah, as that. Yeah. Like Definitely. I think I think that Force Awakens could have felt overstuffed like that, but for some reason the story just felt clean enough. Yeah, and somehow even though it definitely is setting up a next movie, I don't feel like it had that incompleteness because it did seem like it 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 it's the first like it it does kind of that 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 hint of what's going on in the next film you know but of what's to come doesn't feel like it came at the expense exactly. of this that, movie that, having something unique to yeah. tell you yeah. right it's well, like it's a seed you yeah. know yeah. it's a seed it's a little gem of something mm-hmm. that some people may not even pick up on but it's like if you will go back and see it again maybe you do that yeah. kind of mm-hmm. thing i think i think when i think about I mean, if we were to because it it's obviously the marvel business model right mm-hmm. if you were to compare I'd rather it be more Winter Soldier than Avengers Two. Mm-hmm. I want all of the all of these all these movies that are coming out. I'd rather them be Winter Soldier felt more like you didn't. Have I totally to agree see, with you. you. And it was more momentous. See. It felt yeah, like absolutely. more changed because you could, of it. The 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 deal with the, that movie in particular is I didn't have to see the original Captain America. I could watch Winter Soldier and know that there was something. There was some backstory explained very quickly. Yeah. But I was dropped into this world. Yeah. It was resolved. It was the end of the movie. But it could have picked up, as you saw in like Civil War. It yeah. obviously picked up, but it didn't have to be like yeah. a bookend that was like, oh my God. Civil War is going to have a ton of characters. A ton. In it. But, but I've read that it's very much Steve Rogers' story. Yeah. Okay. And Iron Man is like an antagonist, and they, right, the right. two characters have a lot to do, and there's lots of other characters in the story, but that. It's, it's still, not their movie. Yeah, so by May we'll know if we start to feel a little too oversaturated with the hype. But I'm hoping that that, that movie has like the kind of gravitas that you're talking about that Winter Soldier had, where it, it's allowed to be its own film. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of it, maybe things will be really fucked up. I think we want to get that feeling that each one of these chapters changes the world. Right. And maybe they've been having to keep these characters in stasis for a little too long. But I think having something as momentous as Iron Man and Captain America fighting... It's like it feels like for the franchise, the Marvel quote unquote franchise, it's pushing things forward by saying this is actually going to become text, not just something where the characters kind of spar, but we're actually going to see the culmination of that. I hope at the end of the movie, there's no back to status quo feeling. I want there to be something really dramatic. Uh, yeah, you know? it has to be. Because yeah. that's when it will start to feel like, okay, they're padding this right. out too much. So that's just the example of the biggest franchise. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. I feel like there were others I was thinking of. But like I feel there, like there's so many, and what you were saying about everybody now is using the word universe. Yeah, is so yes. true. Like everybody's talking about spinning, like they're talking about spinning off the Fast and Furious movies now yeah. into yes. little side films. Yeah, for years so. Universal's been trying to get the Universal monster Monsters, thing going, yeah. and that uh, Dracula: The Untold Story is that yep. what the, that was supposed to be the start, the opening salvo. Yeah. But I think they've kind of backed away from that. Yeah, now they're talking about the Mummy. Mm-hmm. With with Tom Cruise. Well, you know what's interesting about what? that is that back in the day, I didn't know TC was... the original Universal Monsters was a was one of the first kind of connected yeah. universe yeah. things. And it was very like the Marvel thing in that you would have Wolfman, son of Wolfman, uh, uh, you know, another Wolfman, and then you <laughs> and then you would have Frankenstein meets Wolfman, the yeah. <laughs> another Wolfman. <laughs> oh no! Oh but, no! Another. But but then you would have Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Yeah, and yeah, you would yeah. have you know, and then you would have and you would have the same actors that played the you know, Bela Lugosi uh, playing Dracula, um, um, and then in the classic film, and then playing him in these little knockoff sequels and stuff. Yeah. You know, like so that was kind of the beginning of that, and it, it's you know, <coughs> so Universal has every right to try to do that with yeah, their films, but it's funny really to cool. me that they just can't seem to get it off the ground. I feel like mm-hmm. I've been hearing that for years. 
And the you mummy have. is supposed to be the... <laughs> but, I mean, it's like it's strange that they haven't been able to turn that into a well, movie. Well, Universal had a banner year this year, so yeah. maybe they can get the monsters That's going true. again. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll try to convince us that one of the monsters is an Indominus Rex. There you go. Yeah. Um, um. But uh, no, I you know I'm, I guess I'm I'm with you guys as long as the movies are interesting I I'm on board for it I just don't want to find out in a few years that that all of the movies that I'm looking forward to all going to be connected in some are, are connected universe. and they're they're all sequels and they're all Puck part man. of this thing and I think that I I realize it's a silly concern even as I'm saying that though because every year with these big movies coming out there's always been those little odd movies that have snuck through mm. but it is kind of weird that they have to sneak through you know like it is a little weird that something like Anomalisa or whatever that a lot of people are giving notice to at the end of the year really did kind of feel like oh yeah it just appeared and then you read about it and you go oh it's it's got this amazing pedigree why like why didn't I get a chance to be all excited for right. that for months the way that I am for all these big tentpole movies yeah. but that money son yeah well, I know well I think that's I think that's what's gonna make <laughs> movies like Anomalisa win so many awards is because everybody's doing this franchise thing and then these these so, movies that come out so there's like I, I see the movie industry it's a Venn diagram okay? yeah if you look at the worldwide and domestic box offices right all time I did earlier today just to have this figure <laughs> but roughly 80% of the top 25 of the films on both charts are all sequels. Oh wow! Holy shit! Sequels and/or the first film in that franchise. Mm-hmm. Only twenty, only I think fifteen on the domestic chart is original standalone wow. single right. movies. And but the sequels and, don't. Want- and some of them have sequels in development, so mm-hmm. they will yeah. at one point not be considered original. You know, standalone. That's crazy. So that's the world where money is made. Mm-hmm. That's the world where box office records are broken and people go nuts and bonkers, whatever, mm-hmm. and marketing, everything. And then the world of Anomalisa happens where they have to go on Kickstarter to fund that movie, mm-hmm. where they don't give them the money, even though Charlie Kaufman is possibly one of the best screenwriters in Hollywood. Right. You know what I mean? But that movie is what goes after the pedigree, and that goes after the respect, the the reviews. And yeah. there's a little bit in the middle where they cross, where like some of those will cross over and make money, and some of these box office movies will cross over and get the reviews mm-hmm. and the acknowledgement and like maybe some awards here and there. But the vast majority of these things exist independently of one another. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the reality of it, yeah. and I think that this is the the the, the world where. Money is made is so much more dominant, mm-hmm. which and that's why when something hits and it hits hard, they will milk that thing mm-hmm. until there's no more money to be made. Yeah. And 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 there's so many ways around it these days too, where a franchise may be dwindling. All they do is scale back a budget and the movie still makes right. twenty yeah. times what it was made for. And they say Paranormal Activity Seven or whatever the hell it was <laughs> was made for like a million dollars and it bombed, but it still made like ten times what they made it for. Yeah, you know, so it's it's the scale, and I think that that's just the reality of how movies are made today. Both of these worlds feed one another. You know, you'll see stars in these big blockbusters; they'll dip their feet in both worlds because mm-hmm. the other is the outlet for them, maybe creatively. Yeah. And some of these writers and directors that exist—if you look at a lot of these franchises that we're like boasting on right now—a lot of them pulled this talent in after they made one great independent film or two or three like you know ryan johnson and and uh colin trevorrow and like um i i I don't know who else i'm thinking of um gareth edwards gareth edwards like they make one you know he makes monsters and he Mm. makes you know safety not guaranteed you know he makes looper and uh mystery mysterious skin like these movies that are just great movies Mm mm-hmm 
And they're like, this guy actually might be able to make this big popcorn movie more than just a dollar sign. You know, yeah. it might be a quality thing. And that's that one that hits in the middle. Yeah. And like, that's the sweet spot. You know, Star Wars is experiencing that right now. It's like one of the top reviewed movies of the year mm-hmm. and it's breaking box office records. And the reason is, is because it's a known property. Yeah. You know, and they will well, We were saying it before it came out that it could be the biggest movie. I mean, like almost definitely the biggest movie of the year and one of definitely. the biggest movies of all time. Yeah. Just like the industry loves, you're right. The industry loves movies like Star Wars, yeah, you know, because it, it gets people excited, makes you feel like you got to go to the theater. It is interesting that that happens so, yeah, like that those movies are, I mean, I get, even though I know that I'm going to be more challenged sometimes by the smaller independent films oh, absolutely. or carry them closer to my heart in some weird way, I, I get jazzed about these big giant movies. Like I get excited when I'm watching trailers and I'm like, what is this going to be? And half the time I'm trying to figure out what is this a sequel to yeah. or what series is this or what, you know, who, who is the, what, what, when they reveal more in this trailer, who's it going to be? Um, so yeah, I guess I kind of exist in both worlds too. So I I can totally see that they do exist separately. And it is rare. You're right that it's more likely now to see those directors who did the small things get sucked up into that franchise machine just like the writers Yeah, that I was and you referenced that earlier. Yeah. It's, it's totally accurate. Yeah. Like and someone like James Gunn, you yep. know, is a great example. Exactly. Ryan yeah. Johnson. Yeah. I mean, if you and I mean and Marvel's a great example of people that have or of a company that has mined mm-hmm. that talent. Yeah. And have made them a part of the system, and like, I don't, I can't speak for those artists, but like, you know, there's got to be something to say for still having like a say in what you want to say and being wildly successful at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, there's, I'm sure you have your feet on both sides of this fence as an artist, where you're like, integrity versus commercial success. Like, where do you hit the middle? But, but these guys are, and you know, and hopefully we, w- we won't all be guys. That's the other thing they need to work on right now. Yeah. Is, there needs to be a female director on a Star Wars film, or there needs to be... Well, you know, they they definitely... Uh, we just read about the Ryan Coogler yeah. being confirmed to direct Black, Black Panther. Panther. I'm excited about that because of what he's done up till now. Like, I believe he's not well, he's, going to... He's the next example. Yeah. Like, you know, he's made Fruitvale Station and he makes Creed, and now he's directing yeah. a big-ass Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, is that, a, is that the plan? Like, is that the three-step thing? You got the one that gets you the critical, <laughs> Creed crosses over into box office, and now you're directing Black Panther. Something yeah. that could be, it's like, nuts, an incredibly cool movie. Yeah. But also, you're right, like, what you get excited about is what those voices are going to bring to this... He's it's not, barely 30, it's, right? It's not, just like barely bringing, barely. it's not just about bringing it to a recognizable name, because, frankly, it's, no, not, it's, it's not, not. it's not the Black Panther name that really carries that. It is the fact, though, that it might be one of the first black superheroes to kind of headline a movie. Yeah. The fact that it's part of the Marvel kind of extension of what they're doing and that it's that Brian Coogler effect. Yeah. I mean, you never know. These directors sometimes don't like working with these very producer-driven, studio-driven films. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling that after working on something like Creed, which is such a crowd pleaser yeah. and is such a um, a big... You know, talk about a franchise returning. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, like the, we've been talking mostly about, uh, you know... Like the, the the big the Disney big, owned yeah. <laughs> franchises, but the Rocky franchise, the Mad Max franchise, they they all had a good year this yeah. year. Um, but what makes it interesting for someone like Ryan Coogler is that, yeah, and and the you know and James Gunn and Ryan Loop and Ryan Looper, <laughs> Ryan Johnson <laughs> is that what you get excited about is to see what does this person bring to this giant tentpole right. entertainment. Like, I don't know. 
You're right. It's like it's almost like unfair to segregate them. Like there's some difference. Like there has to be a difference in quality. The big movies can be challenging. The big movies can be, you know, intelligent. So how do you, yeah, and that's and that's how you appease both sides of this diagram that mm-hmm. I'm visualizing. Yeah. It's like no, no, you're, studios it's a, studios are a lot more cognitive and aware of how you know if you look in the like late '90s, early 2000s, like there were tons and tons of sequels coming out and. Really, the writers and directors of those movies were either the same ones that wrote and directed the ones before it, or just names that would just pump out these studio movies, like all of the uh, like the Mummy movies and the mm-hmm. National Treasure movies, and I don't know, even Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like, even though it's, I feel like there's something to be said for Gore Verbinski, but it was just that machine of like. It doesn't matter how fucking good this movie is. Yeah, it's gonna make a ton yeah, of money. Absolutely. Yeah. So like the studios are a lot more clued in now to the fact that hey, we can actually bring in like uh, somebody that's gonna have a, a vision and maybe we'll fight a little bit for that vision mm-hmm, and yeah. not just like hack it up and do whatever we say. I'm not saying that a studio is saying that out loud, but I think that they are aware now yeah. that there is something good to be said and that the output of that. Is something that can marry these two things together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can make a ton of money. Their career just goes next level. People like it. Critics like yeah. it. It makes even more money because, let's be honest, like this is just me going into business mode here. All the marketing, every teaser trailer that you ever see is all for weekend one. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Everything beyond that is quality and word of mouth. Yeah. And look at something like Star Wars. Look at something like Creed. Is it probably mm-hmm. even a better example? Talking about Ryan Coogler, you make a movie that people walk out of the movie theater talking about. Mm-hmm. Your marketing is not going to be eighty percent of your total box office. Right. It's going to be thirty. And yeah. the movies that are like that are the, are the true success ones. Yeah, because that's where you know the movie is better than your marketing. Yeah. Right, right, right. Because with Star rare. Wars, as good as it was, it was definitely it was almost too big to fail kind of thing. Exactly. Like it was so exactly. marketed. It was going to open big. Exactly. But something like Creed, yeah. It, the it, quality it, kept them on. You needed that yeah. word of mouth, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But the word of mouth was so good. And, yeah. you know, I, know, I mean, I probably saw it the way a lot of people did, going in, having heard... This is a pretty good film. Right. Not going in going, well, you know, I'll check it out. I'll <laughs> yeah. see what it's about. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's just like, no, that, it's, that, it's that's kind of where I fall in the whole like franchise thing. Like we, there's literally like two dozen franchises like in the pipeline to come out in the next two years. Mm-hmm. And that's insane. Right. It it's insane. like, it's like two a month or, or averaging out the one to two a month. But I'm optimistic only because I feel like they can, they can get in that playground now where I'm okay with seeing more of a property that I really like. Yeah. As long as you're trying to meet me in the middle of like that, yeah. that world of like, don't just pump it out to take my money. Yeah. Pump it out so that I'll give you money for the next one, but be also because I love this one. Yeah, yeah. And that's like that's fair. And, and some of them are good. I mean, yeah. some of these sequels are really like Captain America. What is that like the fifth movie in the in the phasing of Marvel's movies? And yeah. it might be one of the best ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. You know. Yeah. And uh, I don't know that that that's the example of something where like you know. The quality can improve as it goes on. I agree. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. man. I'm I'm independent movies all day. You know, I'm no, I'm I know, a, but I know you. I mean, you, you if you, you watch them all the if time. If you shit on fa- uh, Fast and the Furious that series, I will fight you outside. <laughs> right. Those are great 
super duper commercial movies. Entertaining. Eh, I mean, you know, it's it's something it's something about the corniness of them and the adventure and the silliness of it and the beautiful people and the be- you know, it, it's it, it something meets in the middle right. where these things keep doing better and better and better and it, it it has to do with more than just the name. Yeah. At some point there's something about the 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 all of these elements meeting in the middle to create something that is maintaining the momentum of this franchise. There's proof that you can make good movies. Well, uh, well, I mean, it's, well, what you're talking about that, that I am always think about is just the it's just the entertainment value. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. it's yes, like the fact yes. that they it's actually just, it's just there enough. is something to that. You There's know? something to it. I mean, like it doesn't have to be lowest common denominator. No, you know what not. I think is on the opposite scale of like Fast and the Furious, Transformers. Mm-hmm. I th- you take something like Transformers, which I mean, like obviously it's doing better. I don't, I don't know. Did this one do better than the last? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if I mean, it did better than the last, but it it did well. Destroyed. But those movies, something they they have to burn out eventually if they don't keep the quality up. It, and it, that's the far right of the scale. Or yeah, the, you know, the that's far, like the extreme the, version that's of it. the side of that diagram. Which bothers like, me. Yeah, yeah. They're going to just continue to make money off them and it does not matter what yeah, they yeah. are. It doesn't matter but what Fast happens. Fast and Furious is a good example though because that's a movie also that I feel like that movie pivoted at a point like with mm. like four or five where like it stopped taking itself so like gritty and serious yeah. that it actually embraced what people were really loving about right. the movies which is everything you just listed right right like how slick it looks how beautiful everybody is how awesome the action sequences are right, right. and like you know I haven't seen one of them yet I know like, however was... however <clears throat> I even I know that everyone seems to say that the fifth one is the best one right and that that's when it got good yeah and so that's back to what we were saying before about there's always kind of hope it's like if you've made the money like it's it's yeah it's like well, the, don't, well, don't get confused because like the ones that came before, there are some good ones. No, I'm yeah. not saying that, but like it, just seemed, it just seemed that a lot of people were links. like, like five yeah. seems to be when people were like, it clicked. This turned into the thing you're talking about, it where is. it knows what it is. Exactly, it's a little bit like meta yeah. with yep. the way it approaches Absolutely. itself, and it's right. trying to top itself, but it also has like a firm ground. And there's a fan base yeah. that, that like that that was like the apex of maybe that because I feel like the last right. couple have, have done well but I think that was I just remember that was the one where the word of mouth and like where, where people that I took seriously were saying no this is a pretty fucking fun movie you <laughs> yeah, know right, like it's it not really, it really is it's a it fun really fucking is. it's a really fun movie to watch man well I was actually thinking before we wrapped up our franchise conversation it might be fun to return to this idea of franchises uh, at some point and either choose a franchise that we we, we, we all watch do an episode where we've watched all the movies in a franchise and we talk about it. Oh, man. I love so I, I would have to do my homework, but we could do Fast and Furious. I also realized this is another silly thing. I have never seen a Candyman film. <laughs> oh. I was thinking we might watch Hero every Candyman oh, film and, and do Because I also think a horror... Hero of the Flesh is such a good Horror franchises name. are so much their own thing. For years, they were yeah. the ones that were getting into those yeah. high digits, oh, the yeah, five man. and the six. Oh, yeah. I th- you know, maybe... Who knows? Maybe by the time Halloween rolls around this year, we'll do a we'll do a franchise episode where we, we choose a That'd horror awesome, franchise man. to Let's watch. Let's watch all the Land Before Times. Movie. All 20-something. <laughs> for, for Halloween? <laughs> yeah, for Halloween. Let's watch all 25 of them. Oh god, well, that'd be good. We should do that. Yeah, I would love that. That'll be like another featured type thing. We could just pick yeah, a franchise. Let's yeah. definitely do it. I, I would love fun. that. We kind of sort of dipped into that a little bit with Mad Max, and we were yeah, we did. That was, that was the closest. We that did. was a little was bit a, of a teaser for it. Was it. A franchise thing. Yeah, but, yeah that so. was fun, and I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> I was exhausted. Well, this, I'm exhausted now, guys. We really, oh my we really. God. Are, this but, is what happens when we don't hang out for three weeks. Well, right. but this is also what happens when in that interim, 
a new Star, Star Wars, Wars movie comes, comes out. out. Right. And I don't know that it'll ever be as I mean as exciting as it is. The next one can be great, but this was like is a it? bubble. This is was it? like yeah. and I remember yeah. saying to you guys, this will be the last time that we are wondering yep. about what it's going to be like. Right. Now we know. Even if the next even if the next one goes off in a crazy different direction, we're back in it now. Yep. It's but like the band-aid has been ripped off, you know. And and it didn't hurt. The, the, this was a this was a good movie. So uh. As Drake said, what a what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. <laughs> there it the is. age of franchises. There right. it is. Insane, man. All right, well, next episode we're gonna be coming down from this high yeah. and talking about <laughs> movies that uh make it not so great to be alive this year. Right. Um we won't spend worst. as much time talking about yeah, the negatives. Yeah, it'll be yeah. a little bit it'll be an easier listen. <laughs> a little shorter. A little uh like the worst of twenty fifteen. Yeah. And then a couple weeks after that, we'll go over our tops for the year. So it's gonna, it's it's, it's a good time of year. We're trying to see everything we can, <laughs> and uh, and kind of get our minds straight. I know. Um, so that'll be really fun. I, I love this stuff. I love yeah. going over all this like collective. Like let's remember everything. No, I realize I get real excited stuff. about this. This yeah. whole period, I feel like from. Really from Halloween on, because we always do like a, a, a horror theme, yeah. something for Halloween, and then we've got Schmanksgiving, yeah. and then shortly after that, we've got Bah Humbug, Humbug. and then we've got Best Up. It's like, this, yeah. is a, this is a good, but it's almost like once we get to, because next week is Worst Up, after that is Best Up, once we get to the end of that, I, I always feel like we've done something together. Like, yeah. we made it, guys. <laughs> That's next time. Yep. Uh, Movieshmovie.com. Review. I know we got we got we got a couple new reviews on iTunes. Oh, we did. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. Yeah, we've got like I don't know like a handful now. Wow, that's um, amazing. Keep it going. Keep it going. Uh, leave a review. Stars. Do whatever you want. Let us know what you think. And uh, and as always, you made us Leia. Leia. Yeah. Oh, nice. You made. Oh, I'm sorry. You made us Leia. There it is. <laughs> I didn't a, recognize you. It's a new voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Where'd you come from? You gotta re- protect the republic. <laughs> you was, you was guys. Have you ever seen her? Do hey, pub- you guys gotta re- protect the republic. <laughs> Did you see her doing publicity for this with her yes. dog? Yes, the dog is in catastrophe. Yes. See, I think she's. I think, so good. I think she's so funny and so great she in is. interviews. She's that, great, man. That I almost like. I I forgive the, the little the little yeah. stiffness in her yeah, performance, yeah. but no, I love her. She just does. I, I love that she can't be fuck. told what to say. Yes, she doesn't give right. a fuck. Yeah. She doesn't. Well, That's she's not only was she Princess Leia, but also as Debbie Reynolds' daughter. Yeah. she's also kind of like Hollywood royalty to a certain Definitely. extent. So there is something kind of like yeah, fuck you to, yeah. about what, her, and I, what, I love what are you that. Say about me, I, I heard her say. Um, they were talking about how hard it was to get Harrison Ford to sign on to the new movie, and she said she didn't think anything was an automatic yes for him, except for food and marijuana. And then she said, <laughs> and I'm not too sure about the food thing. <laughs> That's, That's amazing, man. That's oh, great. God, she's funny. Yeah. yeah. P- people who give no fucks are, are some of my favorite people. Yes, man. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Well, Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> I think we already ended the episode before that. <laughs> Nothing a little music can't help. Rockin', rockin' and rollin'. Down to the beach I'm strollin'. But the seagulls poke at my head. Not fun. I said, seagulls, mm, stop it now. 